Andrew McGahan here for Severe MMA. The pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The Severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 81 of the Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Andrew McGahan joined, as always, by Limerick's after last weekend's podcast, most hated philanthropist, Sean Sheehan, ladies and gentlemen. Sean, she's a hot one today. Boiling, boiling. Uh, do you know, it's it's appropriate for the week that's in it. You know, there's a hot week coming up. It's, you know, the fires of hell have been opened and, you know, war is, is upon us. There is a rising tension, you could say. Mm-hmm. It just feels, I don't I don't want to use the cliche that a storm is brewing because we're in the middle of summer and there's not going to be a storm. Well, maybe in Ireland you're not too sure, but we're guessing yeah, that there isn't going to be one. Um, but I am. I don't know about you, but I am very excited. I'm getting there now, definitely getting there. Well, I was uh, trying to think of a way I could link building tension or getting excited to our sponsors ORS Nutrition, but unfortunately this may go down as the worst segue of 2016 because I need to tell everyone about our good friends. Who's that, Andrew? ORSNutrition.com, proud friends and sponsors of the Severe May podcast. They're an Irish-based supplement company. They're absolute legends. If you head over to orsnutrition.com, you can see a wide variety of products over on their site. Whether you're an athlete, whether you're a GAA player, uh, an Olympic, uh, any sort of Olympic hopeful maybe for uh, 2020, and you feel like you need something to accommodate your training, your recovery, your performance, then ORS Nutrition have got absolutely everything that you could possibly want. Sean, over on that website, they have got whey-based proteins, plant-based proteins, excellent recovery drinks, er- excellent supplements as well. If you're uh, just going to the gym, if you want to get a little bit bigger, if you want to tone out or shred a little bit, then they have perfect um, drop-down menus. I know we always wax lyrical about this. We're big fans of both of this feature. If you just say, I want to I play this sport or I want this goal in the gym, it will recommend products that they feel will benefit and supplement your training to the highest ability what am i forgetting sean i think there's something else that the people are missing out on it's what not if just like, you know it's not just you can't direct a person to a place you have to give them you have to give them a bit of incentive to go there have we any incentive for people to go there well we actually have two we have yeah? our regular incentive and i believe we have a special incentive for this week's podcast only i'm oh, just really? gonna as you could say Ross Nutrition slid into my DMs the other day, you know, as the young kids say. <laughs> so I am, yeah. um, as normal, if you want to use the code to get a discount, Severe MMA in capital letters, that will get you 25% off your first order with ORSNutrition.com. But it gets yeah. better, Sean. For what? this week only, if you use the code, I, I it's uh, not a different one. Anytime we use the code Severe MMA on an order this week, you get a free bottle of krill oil. Oh, that's nice. You got some krill oil as well, I believe. I did, yeah. It's good stuff. You're that's, a fan. I am a fan. It's very... Krill oil is apparently one of the best things you can take. I'm no expert in it now, but obviously you can probably read it on the website and stuff, but apparently it's one of the best things you can take. So if you get a bottle of free, a free bottle of it, fucking j- try it out. Jump on see it. it. See, exactly. Head on that's, over... Oh, yeah, that's on. a good... No, that's a good... Um, and I, they're, you know, that's a, that's no mean feat. Like there, those things are, you know, that cheap. You no. can buy them. That's exactly. it for the Severe MMA podcast listeners. Every order that goes through this week using the discount code Severe MMA, you will free, or you will receive one free bottle of krill oil. 
So an excellent additional supplement for yourself. Um, I know, Sean, I was waxing lyrical about the BCAs a couple of weeks ago. You are now the krill oil man. So uh, get get your order in. That would sounds like the shittest supervillain in the world. Krill oil man. <laughs> he smells of smells <laughs> something fish. out of SpongeBob SquarePants or something like that. <laughs> no, he's like Aquaman sidekick or something. That's what Krill oil man is. And he's wearing briefs over tights. A hundred percent. Definitely. Head on over to restnutrition.com, stick the code severe MMA in for twenty five percent off. And for this week only, one free bottle of krill oil. And uh, check them out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. They are uh, very active and present on social media. So give them a follow, give them a share. And uh, that's about it, Sean. We are getting straight into it. I don't want to say we're going balls deep on the analysis, but we're going balls deep on the analysis Straight into it this week. No bollocksing. We'll do a bit of bollocksing at the end. No bollocksing this week. Bit of shy talk at the the end. No hassle. But this weekend, the rematch... Uh, let's just let's bring it back a tiny bit Sean okay yeah. let's forget about we're not talking about the fight this weekend we're talking about the story as a whole Conor McGregor was scheduled to fight Rafael Dos Anjos Dos Anjos pulled out Diaz came in on 13 days notice Conor moved up to 170 pounds instead of fighting at 145 he came in light Nate and it was a funny story Conor was moving up to try to get towards the weight and Nate was coming down because he was uh, on a boat partying when he got the phone call about the fight that's what the sto- that's how the story's going Diaz submitted Conor in the second round with a rear naked choke the internet melted down for a little while but it seemed immediately afterwards from Conor McGregor's f- uh, first words and first thoughts afterwards that the rematch was the fight that interested him the most straight away and I suppose it was a fight that interested the UFC most straight away because it, I, I, it was apparently the biggest selling pay-per-view in UFC history. Now people say I'm 100, but um, I'd nearly be going with UFC 196 this, but I suppose that's a that's a different conversation. But that was the reason. I, remember, I was actually thinking about this last night, you know, <clears throat> get back to where the fight was actually announced and how people were feeling about it. And I think the two biggest things were, okay, we know it's, we know it's done for, for money and stuff like that. Um, but the, the two things were like, people were kind of down on it. They didn't really want to see that fight. And I think that has kind of changed. I think a lot of people are kind of getting excited for it now. And I think the other thing, is about it being at welterweight, which we'll obviously get to later on when we're when we're breaking down the whole fight and everything like that. But you know, the build up has been strange. Obviously, as you said there, you broke it down with what happened. But then you know, came the hall. It was supposed to be on UFC 200. McGregor uh, refused to go to the press conference. The UFC took him off the card. You know, um, he retired and all that, which I'd actually fucking forgotten about totally yeah. until I watched Bad Blood last night. Um, yeah, but it's it's you know, it's been a mad build up. Um, you watched Bad Blood last night? I watched Bad Blood well, this morning when wasn't it came there, out at 6 o'clock. Wasn't there something on it, and I know you touched on it a minute ago, there was something saying that UFC 196 was the the biggest yeah. pay-per-view, or was that, it, it's a little bit unclear, they could have meant money-wise, I believe. Yeah, it, I don't know really, it was, and it was like the voiceover thing, it wasn't like McGregor or Dana White or anyone saying it, you know, it was the voiceover thing, but, you know, that doesn't get through without, like, Dana White saying, without whoever's, you know, whoever's doing it, so, you know, that wasn't a mistake, you know, things like that don't get through by mistake, although, you know, as, as someone mentioned to me on Twitter, they kind of use it to fit their narrative, but that is the narrative for them, and it's a true narrative that, 
narrative. Well, not you know, not a public narrative, but a you know, a private narrative for the UFC. This is a money making fight, and this is you know, I think this is going to do huge again. Now, there's a lot of talk about you know, it's been quiet, and it definitely has been quiet. And maybe we can, maybe now's a good time to speak about the fans traveling stuff. But just before that, I think. I think it'll build this week. There's, I think there's a press conference, you know, there'll probably be a press conference, there'll be media days, you know, there'll be open workouts and stuff, and those things will build and build, and, you know, the first embedded came out this morning. All those things build up, especially when you've, you know, you've McGregor and he does great numbers and those things. So, no, I think there's going to be a lot of buys, and I think it's going to be a big selling guard. Yeah, so people are, I, I completely agree with you on that. It seems like the McGregor fight week intensifies as it goes on like that's when you really start to see the momentum of people chattering towards the fight even on something as simple as um on on our face facebook timelines from say people that we're friends with from ireland you know that are asking like for links to the wains or sharing out embedded videos of mcgregor stuff maybe people that you don't really see interacting with mixed martial arts as much are now interacting with it but i do think that the the whole issue on the fans traveling is one that we're noticing more in advance and again maybe through social media, maybe through people talking about it, you don't have the same amount of people that are saying, I'm going to this fight. I'm, I'm booked now for Las Vegas, heading off to Las Vegas next week. Can't wait for Las Vegas. Who's all heading to Las Vegas? It seems quiet. Now, the ticket sales that were uh, shown, the available tickets, and uh, I believe a price drop in tickets as well in the last week for 202, that's an issue, but let's address it from the Irish fans' point of view. Look at it, possible reasons why there isn't as many Irish fans going this, this time around. Many of them, I'd say, would have been banking on UFC 200 initially. Yeah. Maybe putting money away. The MMA fans that were going to be going. Then with Connor retiring or pulling out of the card, maybe they booked holidays or they made prior arrangements or they made other plans. And then UFC 202 got announced. So there's that sort of money gone already. Don't take into account the fact that there was three fights in Las Vegas last year. Um, three or two? Oh, Jesus, I don't know. There was like three, three, t- three, three fights in America, either way. Yeah. And um, minimum three fights in America. And then also with the Euros earlier on in the summer as well. Ireland going a little bit further than maybe people expected in the competition. You saw multiple people extending their trips over to France, ringing credit unions, etc., just to be able to stay over for a couple of days. I think there's a lot of factors combined to maybe why there's not as many traveling Irish coming. Also, the price. Vegas in the summer is an expensive thing. The flights were never really cheaper than six or seven hundred euro. And then if you're booking a hotel between a couple of lads and you're going out for the week as well, you need a lot of money to, to be in Vegas as well. So to me, I don't think it's going to be as bad as maybe some people are predicting. I would still expect a strong Irish contingent to be there. I would still expect the arena to be firmly in McGregor's favor, but... I'm not too sure. Yeah, what do you the, think? I think the, I think the timing as well is just it's terrible for people. Like most people, you know, working normal jobs, they they get their holidays. You know, the last week of July, first two weeks in August. You know, they take their holidays within then, and like and this is coming like the third week in August. So like you've just took you had your holidays. You're not going to get like another. You know, to go to Vegas to see a fight, like you know, I think it's just very bad time for people, as you say, the Euros and stuff. You know, uh, people are saying, oh, you know, soccer fans and, and MMA fans, maybe you know they don't translate, but in Ireland they kind of do because you know, obviously we know there's a great base of of MMA fans that have been there for years. You know, but a lot of people traveling over to this are not, you know, they're MMA. Fans. 
fan, they're McGregor fans. Like, you know, they've been fans for two years, you know, since, since McGregor came and they come over and, you know, they go over for the session and they go, you know, they're, you know, enthusiastic about MMA and new, new fans. But they're still, you know, a lot of those fans are going to be like Irish soccer fans and could even, have, you know, decide, oh, this is, the, you know, this is my time to go to the Olympics or something like that. And a lot of them are going to go there. Like, it's, it's, it's very weird time. And as you say, what is it? It is, I think, the Mindus fight was in Vegas, wasn't it? The Aldo fight and the Diaz fight. Vegas. Yeah, three fights in Vegas. And, you know, Vegas is not... And Boston earlier on in the year for yeah. the Mendez fight. Yeah, and Both I think as well... The, the, a couple of things as well. I think the fact that McGregor lost, maybe he's taken a little bit of, of shine off it as well. Maybe think, you know, maybe the bandwagon has slowed a little bit. And the fact, I think, as well, that we know his next fight you know kind of already you know even say you know it's it's going to be if he wins it could be okay it could be the years again it could be a big fight it could be a like a title fight even or, or it could be a federal fight a title fight and even if he loses we know you're okay it's probably going to be aldo another federal title fight so people are kind of like oh, what does this fight really mean in in the grand scheme of things i'm going to be traveling to it now it's different for people watching it maybe you know there's a big difference between obviously people in america paying whatever 60 dollars online tartar and people paying you know taking five, yeah taking five grand out of their fucking savings to go over and uh, over and watch it like so yeah i think i think that's a big thing like for irish for irish people it's it's not going to be you know it's not going to be that easy to get to all those fights and i think mcgregor acknowledged that even before all this started but he, you know when he was trying to say i want to get a fight in new york or i want to get a fight uh back in dublin you know somewhere that's closer to, uh, to home for uh for irish people i think that's a big thing also you mentioned new york there there's the potential that it could be a quick turnaround and Connor could feature in that card as well. Yeah. Irish people could be thinking, right, direct flight to New Yorkshire. My sister emigrated there a few years ago. I'll be staying with her. I'm not going to be staying, spending a grand to stay in a casino in Las Vegas. Do you know? So I think there is a, there is an element to that as well. And you touched on one thing as well, which I think I was going to bring up. The fact that it's not for a title, Sean. Yeah. I think that's a big influence in people's decision on going to fights or not. Do you know, to like... I've spoken about this with people a few times, but to to be there to see, for if you're looking at it from an Irish point of view, you're there to watch an Irish man win or retain a world championship. Do you know, and if you're a fan of the sport and if you're a fan of big sporting achievements or big sporting occasions, then that is, if you're a UFC fan as well, the biggest occasion possible in the world for you. So yeah. to me, I think these money fights, while it makes sense in terms of uh, for the company and maybe for the fighters' uh, wallets, for travelling fans, especially when they're having to expense so much money to get there, then it loosens the loose uh, loosens it loses its appeal. Am yeah. I saying that right? Yeah, loses its appeal. Yeah, let's get into a little bit of the analysis. Will we? Before that, how at this moment, right, we're a week out from the uh, from the fight or five days or whatever. I wanna. I want to know how you feel about the last fight. How do you think it went down, and what do you, what do you take from it? Because I did my obviously my big breakdown came out there this morning. I went through this a lot, and I asked a few people about it, their thoughts and stuff. I'm going to get your thoughts on what do you think of that fight, and how do you look at it? How do you think that'll affect the fight this weekend? From I watched the back last week, and I know that we've had uh, this, multiple discussions about it over the the weeks and months in this podcast. But I think the fact that a lot of people were getting away from was that Connor did win a large portion of that fight. Now, I'm not saying that he tired himself out or he threw it away. At the end of the day, Nate Diaz employed 
a game plan or landed the shots that fatigued Connor, that wore Connor down, were able to put damage on him, and he was able to capitalize on the ground. And there, that's I, I can't, I can't just say, oh well, he won seven, like he won seven minutes out of eight minutes, and sure, we just won't ignore the last sixty seconds. Do you know? But you can't just say that Connor won the first seven minutes and then threw away the last minute. Diaz beat him. Diaz capitalized on it, and Diaz, I still think, employed an absolutely fantastic game plan. The annoying thing about it is that there are now so many variables that have come out since that fight, it changes how you watch the fight first time around. Do you know? So I would have been very much in the opinion that I just said a minute ago that Connor was coasting the fight. Maybe he was throwing a lot of, uh, expending a lot of energy in the first round. It seemed like he was really going hard on a lot of shots. He, I think, I think you even said it to me, Sean, on one of the podcasts. The amount of kicks that he landed, the spinning kicks were a lot lower than usual, and that's massive energy you're outputting when you're throwing those sort of uh, those sort of kicks. But Connor admitted afterwards that when his when he found that it was at one seventy, he was going up and he was eating two breakfasts a day and a full belly and stuff like that, and he weighed in at one sixty eight, where Diaz was coming down, as I said, off a heavier weight partying on a boat. Now this is where the variable changes. So you can you can understand that in theory, Conor McGregor could have screwed up his diet in those two weeks before the fight. He could have been eating, like just thinking he was okay to just keep eating more, get up to 170, that'll be no hassle. But realising that he was putting the incorrect stuff into his body. This time around, from all of the stuff that you're seeing online and all of the content that's coming out, it does seem that this is a, a nutrition and physical based approach to fighting at a heavier weight it's not that we're going to be bigger and stronger at that size it's that we're going to be fitter and for longer at this size and I think that this is a fight that maybe for the first time in Conor McGregor's career they're expecting it to go into the later rounds into later rounds in a fight the fact that it's five rounds I wouldn't be surprised if that's the game plan like go on am I am I do you want a little bit more no, it's okay. Just before we get to the second fight, just let me talk about the first fight a little bit. Like when I watched the first fight, I was I was kind of writing an article, obviously, to put up on the website. So I, it's you know it's difficult enough to write, watch a fight and write at the same time. So when I watched it first, I I thought like, oh, McGregor's dominating him. You know, he was landing a lot of shots. He hurting Diaz. You know, one big shot, he bloodied him up and stuff. And he, you know that's okay. That's still right. But the, I don't think Diaz did as maybe as badly as a lot of people think. You know, watching a fight, well, probably watch a fight like 10, 15 times back, and it's you know, so much. So much happened in that fight. It's just, you know, it's it's amazing. And I think your point there about, you know, McGregor coming in heavy, Diaz coming in on short notice and stuff, that's that's a good point because it, I think it changed how both of them fought. And which which is a weird thing because, you know, McGregor fought uh, McGregor fought in a fashion that he normally doesn't fight in, right? He, he, he stood in the pocket. You know, he threw a few, as you mentioned there, he threw a few kicks earlier, but he didn't throw as many as he usually throw. And he just basically fought Diaz with his hands, you know, forgot about his movement-based game through big uppercuts, through the overhand uh, left. And, and you know, he had some good success doing that. But that's not what makes Conor McGregor special. You know, that's not what won him, you know, that's not what beat him, Chad Mendes. That's not what, you know, made him destroy Dustin Poirier and, and you know, knock out uh, Jose Aldo and everyone else like that. So, that, and against Diaz, that's tough as well. 
I think that's that's very very tough to do that against Diaz. Now he's a guy who it's you know it's tough to knock out. He came in there. He said it on um on the bad blood thing. He came in and he said, <clears throat> "I'd rather you know I'd rather get knock out and get knocked out trying to beat him in kind of a cardio game than to you know." Then you know, then to just say, oh, I was too tired, and uh, you know, I, I I gave up. You know, I came in and shot notice. He said Diaz Diaz kind of had that mindset that he you know he was going to outlast McGregor, and I think it played perfectly into his hands in that fight. And as you said there, you know that game that game plan was just perfect. But I think you know as we move on to the to the next to the next round now, we'll get into to the next fight. We'll get into the last that. But as you mentioned there, welterweight is a huge thing and I think the fact that it's at welterweight again is probably McGregor's biggest disadvantage in this fight I think you know the problem and everyone you know he said it everyone said it in the last you know about the last fight it was his cardio and obviously he said he was inefficient with movement uh, for you know for being at welterweight he said you know guys Nate Diaz fighting at welterweight can take shots better and that's all true but the fact that it's at welterweight again you know is it that easy to change to get that level of cardio in you in what four or five months, is it you know is it that is it that simple to do that? You know I know he's working with George Lockhart, a great you know the best in the business in my opinion, and stuff like that. But you know McGregor's can McGregor's frame take it? Like some people just can't do. It. We see fighters all the time like that who move down and they're much better when they move down. They're much better when they move up. You know your frame is kind of designed for a certain weight. And I think okay McGregor's a little bit big for one forty five, but is he a little bit small for 170? What do you think? I'm not too... I think it's that we're so used, Sean, to the generation and to the dynamic of fighters cutting excessive amounts of weight to make a weight limit. But he is small, though, for one... Like he's only oh, no, like he, five yeah, foot nine. He, like. he, he is small for, for 170. But when you're thinking of some of the guys that have fought at 170 over the last couple of years, I think people are always comparing him to that. You know, you're thinking, like, oh, welterweight, like... Robbie Lawler's a welterweight. Do you know George St. Pierre's a welterweight? Anthony Johnson fought at welterweight. Do you know? And you're thinking it's the guys that have made 170 in the past. Cahill Pendred fought at 170. Do you know? Like it's and Cahill would be upwards of 90 kilos coming back into the cage, whereas when Connor would be weighing in at he'd weigh in at 66. Do you know? And then be up into the 70s by the time the fight night came nobody around. knows nobody knows what kilos are what's that in pounds what's that in real money oh Jesus Sean I haven't a clue I'm a kilos man kilos sorry about that why do people use kilos that's a big I hate that it's a bugbear of mine uh, it, it's a craw no what's the what's what's your your thing a thing in my craw yeah uh, stuck in my craw stuck in your craw if yeah. we're looking at like but I do think that you put him up against multitude of welterweights and as you're saying, the adaptation time it could take to get used to fighting at welterweight, is this, is this enough time? I'm going to say yes. I think the amount of work that seemingly has been put in in relation to cardio and fitness and being able to keep going, that it's huge. Do you know what I mean? I do think people give off about footballers, for example, that are paid hundreds of thousands of pounds a week and they can't be fit for the first game of the season. Do you know, after having after playing in a tournament during the during the summer. This is completely different. Connor has mainly, I would say, focused on being the best possible version of himself physically. I don't think he's worried about the size. I do agree with you when he said he realised that it's the style of way that he was trying to win in the first fight played against him. But I don't know why I'm so 
excited to see maybe a, a nippy Conor McGregor who's trying to work Diaz's body for the full five rounds and just show that he can go absolutely all day long. Because Conor has built a little bit of a... You know, in a lot of his interviews, Sean, he said he can go all day, he can do 100 rounds, he can do this and that, and he does this much work. And then maybe it was a little bit of a dent on himself to say, like, I can, I have done all of this in the past, I can do this, no hassle. And then you get to the second round, and he was a little bit tired against Nate Diaz. John Kavanagh said it was the first time that he'd ever saw Conor breathing heavy in between yeah. rounds in a fight. So I think that could have affected him maybe a little bit personally. And he's thinking, right, I am never going to let that happen again. So I'm going to make sure that I have the best possible cardio going into this fight the second time. Yeah, and I think what I have to have as well. And sorry, and that cardio, that that um, peace of mind and knowing that your cardio is going to be at that level or is at that level will change how he fights the second time around because he's more conscious of the mistakes that cost him the first time. You know, so, he now understands that I blew it the first time over cardio or a high output of energy. I'm not going to do that this time. But if I am going to do that this time, I'm going to make sure that I am the best physical monster that I've ever been. So it's not going to be an issue. I think it's a really fascinating side to this fight. I think if he goes in and he thinks, and I don't think he will, but if he, if he goes in and thinks cardio is his only issue and he fights the same way as the last time, I think he'll probably in quicker this time. I think he'll lose. I think Diaz will be in better shape. You know, he, he'll be more, you know, more well prepared for this fight. To be honest, I think McGregor needs to fight a lot differently. I wrote it in my article. I think, you know, McGregor fought differently. We we spoke about it ad nauseum at this stage in that last fight than he ever fought before. As we said, the whole movement thing <coughs> came out and boxed in the pocket with Diaz. And Diaz fought differently than, than he ever does before. Obviously, he got pushed back by McGregor. You know, he looked off for the start and he kind of came into it maybe after three or four minutes. And obviously, the second round, you know, he was he was maybe 85-90% of what he usually is so therefore both guys you know both guys weren't at their optimal at that stage but I think they will be at this stage at for this fight and I think that makes for a totally different fight than the last time and I think you know I think you throw basically throw everything out the window apart from 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 the first fight apart from those cardio things that McGregor has been working on and how that fight will affect how both guys fight in this fight so alright if we're breaking down how we think they'll fight I think McGregor will the, the first first huge thing here is I think a lot of people are saying oh should McGregor fight a, a five round fight should he should he fight like Carlos Condes fought against Nick Diaz should he tip and tap walk around them, you know, kick the leg, throw, throw jabs, run around the ring, win win a five-round fight. I I think that would probably be the worst thing McGregor could do because of those cardio issues, because of it's at one, 170 pounds. You know, he, you know, he could do it. He could win a fight like that. But that's not what McGregor is. McGregor, that's like saying, imagine if you said Anthony Johnson's fighting Glover Teixeira over five rounds. Get Anthony Johnson to do that, to, to fight like that. Could Could he do that? No, I don't think he could do that. Could you know? Could Junior dos Santos do that? I, you know, I don't think he could. Could Mark Hunt do that? You know, could guys who are big John Lineker? Could John Lineker do that? No, they're all similar fighters to Conor McGregor. I think he what makes him special, and he knows this himself. He he said this on one of the I think it was embedded. He's a guy that comes out fast, and he tries to knock you out and hurt you early. I know certain fighters. I think Chael Sonnen says a lot of odd things, but I think he's good like this. You can't change a fighter like that 
in, you know, in a very short time. Like you, you know, if Chael Sonnen is a wrestler and he went out and he fought someone and he couldn't take him down, he if, and they fight again, what's he going to do the second time? He's not going to come out and throw hook kicks at him. Like he's going to try to take him down again. And I think McGregor would be foolish if he got away from his game. That you know, it didn't work the first time. Fair enough, but change things to make it better so it will work the second time rather than throwing it out the window and doing something totally new. I think that's what he needs to do. So I think what he needs to do, the very first thing when he when he starts off, kick that leg, kick that body, move, you know, get that movement going. Throw a litany of different shots. Don't just throw the uppercut and, and the jab like, you know, like he was throwing in the first, uh, first round. You know, be careful uh, about how much you let Diaz into the fight you know I, I think that's that's huge for him and I think he uh, he does need that fast start because if he comes out and he says you know I'm going to play a five round game it won't work you know it, it you know definitely I, I can't see it working I think he needs to land those big shots and Diaz at the start I think he needs to break him down uh, over the first two and three rounds if he's going to win now that's you know that's easier said than done but I think that's the way he needs to fight to win the fight you, you have a different opinion do you? Speed kills, Sean. Speed thrills. I um, I'm still sticking my hat. I'm still putting my uh, my opinion on a cardio-based, quick, fast, nippy performance where we see Connor. I do think, as you said, leg kicks there. I think that is going to be a factor. But I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too much into it because of the training partners that he's brought out. Connor Wallace, the amateur boxer, being over there with him, who is almost an identical frame to Nate Diaz. I just, I imagine round upon round of boxing sparring between the two of them, where Connor is working the body and trying to find out ways to break a guy down from there. Because I do think he finally came up against someone who didn't crumble or didn't fall under his left hand that had put everybody else to sleep. And I think that affects you too, Sean. I think you're thinking, right, every person I've touched with this has gone to sleep. Yeah. Or, go on. I think it's, a, yeah, the thing about it too is, uh, that's 100% correct. And I think Diaz knows that as well. He, you know, he knows he can take the shots. And just a, a quick side note, those shots can still knock Diaz out. Make no mistake about that. If McGregor catches him clean, he can still knock him out. De- don't let people fool you into thinking, oh, he, granite you know, chin or something granite, like that. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody can knock him out. He can get knocked out. And McGregor has the power to knock him out 100%. Oh, 100%. Now, he mightn't do it. He'll have to land perfectly. He'll have to land that one big, huge shot. But he can do it. He can definitely knock him out. Okay. And the, but, oh, no, yeah, I wasn't done. The best way for him to do that, yeah. in my opinion, is to tire Diaz out as best as possible by assaulting his body in the early stages of the fight yeah, okay. and by putting a high tempo. And here's just one uh, one final thing before I throw it back to you. We did say about the dynamic before the first fight and now how it's slightly different coming into the second that Connor is geared towards weighing the same, 168 pounds, 167, 169, as the last time that he weighed in, but this time have a lot better good things going on inside his body to be able to perform at that weight effectively. Where Nate Diaz has even longer, he can put on size in the interim he can get bigger and he can cut to 170 and then like so if you're looking at Connor weighing in no way cut 168 Nate Diaz weighing in at 170 on the scales but then rehydrating maybe 15 20 pounds you're gonna have him at 100 and 185 maybe 188 a 20 pound difference between the two men on fight night yeah I think 
Diaz, uh, Diaz will definitely be a lot bigger than him on on fight night, and I think that's a huge part of how Diaz will fight. And I think it's important to look at it from the Diaz's point of view as well, because you know he he's going to know that the way McGregor fights, and he's going to have McGregor well you know well scouted before this fight and he knows McGregor's going to do he knows McGregor's going to attack the body he's going to attack like he's going to try to use his speed as you say there uh, you know to bamboozle him and stay on the outside and what Diaz needs to do then is that that word that I love and that I use so often range Diaz is going to have to win that range battle maybe he doesn't have to win it early but he's going to have to win it when McGregor's movement quells a little bit you know <clears throat> when the, the fight goes into the second the third round I don't care who you are. You remember you saw when Yair Rodriguez last week, he or a couple of weeks ago. He, you know, those move, that movement kind of stops a bit. You get you get a little bit more flat footed. You can't you know, can't move as well. Nobody can keep that up for for a long time. And Diaz knows that. And when Diaz sees McGregor stop moving, and even a little bit before that, if, if he can, he's going to try to push him back. He's going to try to get that fight back into the pocket where it was fought the last time and where he knows he can win and where he knows he can beat most people in the world fighting there. And, you know, that's huge for him. You know, McGregor, you know, McGregor's a guy who, obviously, we've seen him a lot fight, fighting guys who are smaller than him. And I actually think that the size difference is is a big thing, but I think McGregor actually did well with the size difference in the first fight. Remember the, you know, those those um, shots we keep seeing of McGregor landing that big overhand left the whole time. You know he was getting that on target. You know he was doing pretty well. I think with the size difference, but it's it, when Diaz gets into that, when he gets into that pocket, when he can lean forward on his front leg, when he can land his jab, and when he can land his straight left, he's brilliant, and that's where you need to get him away from, and he'll know that. He wants to stay there. So what he's going to do is he's going to check leg kicks. <clears throat> he's going to move around. Diaz brothers don't check leg he, kicks. Uh, he's going to check leg kicks. I guarantee you, he'll check leg kicks. He's going to move his head. He's you know he's going to he's going to not make it easy for McGregor. He's going to keep inside of a range where those big kicks can't you know can't be landed. Where you know when McGregor's running on the outside, he's you know he's going to try to draw him in. He's going to you know he's going to jab him as he moves away. He's going to call him on. You know he's going to this fight isn't you know this fight's going to be bedlam. I think I think it's going to be unbelievable. Sean, I I'm I'm envisioning a scenario in five days time when you send me a tweet at five o'clock in the morning Irish time mid fight. Guess Diaz wasn't going to check those leg kicks, huh? <laughs> after he's checked 15 leg kicks in a row or something like that yeah. <laughs> I'm expecting the Sean Sheehan gloat if he doesn't through. if he doesn't you could be right like I'm you know I'm thinking of this of a point of what a normal fighter do with the Diaz brothers sometimes aren't normal fighters you could be dead right maybe he won't check leg kicks and he'll you know that leg will get absolutely destroyed which you know which has happened before us so I think you're you're pretty dead on at that stage but here's, here's the thing as well just to harken back to, harken. to to the first fight. Remember how I said McGregor was going to win the first fight? Yeah. How, how was that? How was what? How did I say McGregor was going to win the first fight? Oh, Jesus, I don't remember that. Remember I said he was going to win by a hook kick? Oh, yes. Remember that? I think things like that are going to come into play again in this fight because McGregor's going to fight how he should actually fight, I think. You know, if he fights the way he should fight, he knows Diaz, you know can take head kicks. He knows when you attack the body as well, especially when you attack the legs. What, what, you know, what happens when someone attacks the body with punches? They drop their they hands. Drop they their protect hands. their body. The, here's what, the profit. Yeah. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, stop what you're doing right now. Turn it up. 
You're about to hear the future be predicted. Um, well, actually, no. Are we going to give our picks today? Are we going to? Are we going to hold we off? We may save that for the broadcast. Mm-hmm. I'll have my picks out on Wednesday anyway. But look, to be honest, I I think that's going to happen. But I I still think the biggest factor in this is durability and endurance. Who can take the most shots, and who can keep going the longest? Now. I, I, Maybe taking the most shots is a weird thing because, okay, I think it'll take a lot less shots maybe to finish McGregor than it would to, to finish uh, to finish Diaz, and that's you know that's no knock on McGregor. That's just that Diaz is fucking superhuman and what he can take basically. But that's a huge thing, and I think that twenty pounds, you know, that twenty pounds on, on McGregor's back, it's it's like horse racing. Do you know the horse racing when you if you've a really good horse and you know he's beating everyone by miles, but then you put extra weight on his back and he you know <laughs> you know he that brings him back. You know, that brings it back. He can only win in by two lengths, and you put extra weight in his back. He can only win by one lane. You put extra weight in his back, and then he loses to everyone. That's that's like McGregor. That put he was beating everyone so easily, and now he's twenty pounds extra on his back. Can he? Can he do the same? Can he do the same? If that, if he can't get that finish early, which I, as I said earlier, he's a fast starter. That's that's what he's best at. He's unproven over five rounds. And that's, you know, that's not just me saying that, that, that he has never fought the five rounds. He's fought the three rounds once and he won that fight, obviously. He's never even, he, and that's only happened once. He fought the second round against Diaz and he won. But he's never fought the five rounds. Can, can he win over five rounds? We don't know if he can win over five rounds. We have not a clue. Maybe he can, but I don't know. But is Diaz tested over three, four, five rounds? Can Diaz keep going for that long? I yes. Think I think he can. So if McGregor can finish him early, I think there's only going to be one winner to that fight. And that's going to be Nate Diaz, I think. But that's a big thing. I, I honestly think this is as close to a 50-50 fight as you can get. And it, the last time we said it before the fight, okay, everyone said, oh, McGregor's going to destroy him. He's going, you know, he's going to win early uh, and everything. And what did we say? We wouldn't be surprised if Diaz won uh, second round or first round via submission. And I wouldn't be surprised if McGregor won the first round or second round by knockout this time. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Diaz won. You know, it's a tough one. And I, I think it's it's right down the middle. And that's why this is such a great fight for me. You know, people are saying, oh, it didn't make sense. McGregor lost. But I, I don't care. <laughs> I just think this is a fucking great fight. I'd watch this fight every week. It's brilliant. Every week now. Every week. We Give me the third one straight away. I'm after talking myself into it. Tri- <laughs> I want the trilogy. Um, here's just to throw it at you on win or lose. Right for Nate Diaz, or if Nate Diaz, if Nate Diaz does lose, I really want him to throw proper Stockton etiquette into the whole thing. Claim that he threw the fight because he wants the trilogy because it will make <laughs> him twice as much money. That'd be amazing. That's uh, that's definitely what I want to see come out. But I have to say, probably the most convincing and the best segment you've delivered on the Severe MMA podcast was just dropped there. In really? this, yeah, no, that's. I am ready for this fight now. I normally absolutely despise this day. As you know, before yeah. getting on a plane and all of that stuff. Oh, no, I thought you were talking about doing the podcast with me. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, the day before flying away for an event is my least favorite thing in the world. But this, I am ready to go now. like Because we're going to witness, more than anything, two supreme mixed martial artists who have changed the game in terms of Markability in terms of fans in the past, like people who were UFC fans or mixed martial arts fans before Conor McGregor came around, were Nate Diaz fans, and yeah. now 
after the fought for the or getting to see this fight maybe on the terms that we should have saw it the first time aside from the weight division being at 170 pounds but both guys like I don't want to say that Connor had maybe lost his edge or dropped a bit of focus or anything like that but this is what I'm excited for now the reduced media output from Connor less talk from Connor you know less of a like every like people turning an article into every single thing that he does like this is to me there's a a theme of the grind embraced and embedded in this camp moving out people from last moving out moving out people from Ireland moving out different styles of partners like maybe it's because there wasn't cameras and microphones put in everyone's faces and John's face and Connor's face and all of this sort of stuff um saying like oh what are you going to do to plan for Diaz so we didn't get the rehashed we don't prepare for a specific opponent we adapt we overcome but that's gone out the window Sean because they're preparing for Nate fucking Diaz they're preparing for war this time around this is redemption all of that stuff's gone out the window they are fighting a specific opponent this time have brought in specific people to help beat this person and this is what's going to make this a better fight in my opinion can't wait. Oh! So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> what does Nate Diaz walk out to? Well, no, he didn't come out to that the last time. He came out to oh, yes. El Chapo. El Chapo, I won't come out to that this time, though. No, I hope it's the Foggy Jew again. <laughs> yeah. And that arena, Sean, as well. A brand new sound system in the T-Mobile arena. A brand new clean arena. Good production. Up in the gallows of Press Row in the T-Mobile arena. It's just yeah. going to be pure empty. There's going to be no one there. It's going to be... Well, it'll be rocking, I'd say. Yeah. I'd say by the time it comes around, it's like, you know, it's going to fill up a little bit. But yeah. All you need is a couple of boys to win big the night before and then they're like, will we get tickets to the McGregor and Diaz fight? <laughs> I, I do think that the arena will be largely full come fight night. Whether yeah. the UFC comp the tickets or otherwise, there will be very few empty seats in the arena, I think. All right, let's. We're going to obviously have a little bit more McGregor Diaz talk at the end. We're going to have a few questions about it, and we'll get them on in. So let's and a hangout. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I will at the end of this episode. Yeah, we're probably going to do a hangout during the week. Um, I was talking to Niall there last night. I'm going to talk to him again today. Um, that myself and Niall, obviously, all year are going to be in uh, going to be in Vegas. So myself and Niall might do a couple of. Uh, couple of audio things or something like that so I'll probably be over in the Talking Brawls um, feed. feed yeah so give them an old subscription so yeah oh uh, sorry just before we talk about fights just a, a tiny little bit of your own uh, your own bullshit here Sean is Saturday yeah. going to be the thing you could do something live or is it going to be the sort of WKD and Man Cave <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can never get a bottle of WKD out of my hand anyway no <laughs> <laughs> no uh, I don't know we'll see We'll see. We might do an aftermath or something like Ooh. that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. The people demand it. The people demand it. And me, and okay. while waiting for the Conor McGregor press conference to start, yeah, like an hour after it was meant to, me and yeah, Peter Carroll yeah. can jump on from press room. Definitely. Definitely. Drag someone in. Drag Ariel in or something to do a breakdown show afterwards or Sean El Chatty or someone like that. Drag him into I'll it. Say, Mr. Sheehan will see you now. And then walk them over to my laptop. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> if Luke Thomas is there, I'll do that, actually. Yeah, do, yeah. Jesus. Luke hates me, sure. That, no, that he man. does not. Yeah, he does, yeah. He's a big fan. He just hates Limerick. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, he, oh, tell people about that. Though. We never told him about that on the podcast. Either. No, I uh, 
when I met Luke at the last event, I said, uh, fuck Sean Sheehan to him, <laughs> was the first thing I said. And he's like, yeah, fuck that guy. But he was only joking. And then the second part of it um, was, oh my God, what was it, Sean? You were no. in press row and he came up to you and said something, didn't he? He said like, fuck Limerick or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something. No, when I was leaving, I was leaving the press conference and I was saying bye to him. And he's like, oh, and I was gone. And he said like, oh, and by the way, and I turned around, he's like, tell Sean Sheehan, fuck Limerick too. <laughs> and I was like, okay, no problem. <laughs> what a great man. I keep sending him abusive Snapchats. <laughs> so yeah it's good crack but yeah Luke's a great man I'm only taking the piss but uh, yeah okay let's get into this so it seems car. Sean yeah it seems yeah. unfortunately that there are other fighters on the card there are and other, another Irish fighter as well what yeah Artem Labov is taking on Chris Avila and Andrew let me let me throw it straight to you let me get a, a, an in-depth breakdown of Chris Avila's yeah. game from you let's we go we both know I don't have it Sean but <laughs> you watched a bit of tape I believe and is it not Chris Avila yeah what did I say Avila Avia, I think it's Avia, isn't it? Like yeah, Spanish? Chris Avia. Yeah, Avia, like David Villa, but with an A in front of it and an L-less. Yeah. And his um, first name is Chris. Chris. <laughs> Should it be, what's da- David? Can we say Chris? No, I don't know. We can't say. Chris. Yeah, Chris. Chris Avia. Uh, I like that. That sounds... Th- Fandango. Nice. Yeah, the f- Fandango. Okay, um... Obviously, there was there isn't much tape on him. I think he's, what, something like six and two... Um, has been fighting local scene, obviously over in over in America and stuff like that. Never fought in any of the big shows. This is his UFC debut. Um, he uh, uh, there isn't too much tape on him now, so he could, if he comes in and fights totally differently to what I'm about to say, my bad. But uh, from the little bit I've seen in him, people okay, people you probably think oh he fights like a Diaz brother, and uh, he doesn't really. He does. He comes out a little bit. You know, he's the, that straight up stance, uh, like. You know, like the Diaz brothers, he likes to throw his jab, you know, get it out there. He likes to find the range and get it out there as well. But he isn't this high output style, you know, he isn't this bring, you know, bring it to you and, uh, you know, and make it tough for you and, you know, take you into later rounds. He's a guy that he likes to take, get get the fight to the floor and um, get takedowns and, and submit you there. Or he's a guy that likes to land a big overhand right and he has a very good overhand right as well uh, and I, I think that's that's the weapon he looks for and that's the weapon obviously Artem Lobov will have to look out for you know we know Artem Lobov's game you know <laughs> good defensively when it gets to the ground uh, very unorthodox uh, in you know in his stand up will throw throw bombs from the hip and try to knock you out and you know that's about it really you know that you know good movement uh, he likes to kind of fight with the backup uh, with his backup against the fence and come in and counter guys so I think both guys are going to be kind of doing the same thing trying to land that big bomb and knock each other out and I think that could be pretty fun Standing in the middle of the cage are we going to see a bit of a grapple fest at all Sean do you think? Any any possibility of it? Could be could be I am. Uh, um, I, I am looking. Oh, go on. Yeah, no, but I think if Villa's good on the ground, obviously Artem showed how good he is, you know, defensively and stuff against uh, against Ryan Hall. So if it is a grapple fest, it'll probably be very good. I am looking forward. I just think that the Alex White fight was a little bit of a, a letdown. I think uh, from Artem's point of view, and where we know what what he can do and what he has done in the past. But if there's ever a time for him to be able to feed off either the energy or the preparation. Do you know what I mean? He has always spent 
the large parts of Connor's camp being the guy getting beat up. You know, but he's now also preparing for his own fight. So he his whole camp has been based around Connor's camp as well. And it, I, I must think that's a different mentality for a fighter, Sean, when you're there getting ready to fight yourself in tandem with another guy, as opposed to when you're there training to help him get ready for a fight and you don't really have anything booked. I think we're going to see the best version of Artem Lobov thus far. They've been in Las Vegas as well. He's been training with all the same guys that Connor's brought in for Diaz. And I think more than anything, Sean, to put an exclamation mark on it, Artem Lobov may realistically only fight two or three more times in the UFC, but I think for the, you know, for the journey that he's been on, for the career that he's had, for the ups and downs, you would like to see him get a win in the UFC more than anything. Do you know, like if he was if he was to lose this and go zero three in the UFC after winning three fights in a row and tough by knockout, I think that would be a very hard pill for him for him to swallow and maybe would reflect poorly on what his ability is as a fighter as well. Yeah, like I, I think people know, and he doesn't have like Artem Lavov is not you know he's not the best fighter in the world. He's never going to be a UFC champion or anything like that. But you know he's a scrapper, as, as you said there. Like he's, I, I like to see guys like that who've come from you know like the local scene, like Neil Siri and you know guys like um, oh, his name escapes. Uh, Jack, uh, you know Jack Mason. Remember him? He got yes. like he got a fight in Bellator. Like I, I've always liked guys like that. You know Jake Bostwick as well. You know guys who who you know fight a lot in the local scene and you know get their chance in maybe you know uh, on Bellator end. and yeah exactly yeah. and I think that's maybe Lobov's not on the tail end of his career I think he's the type of type of guy that'll probably be fighting until he's 50 and you know in fucking <laughs> whether in a cage or not <laughs> in GLs yeah. himself and fucking Johnny Jitsu will probably fight <laughs> in about 10 years in a fucking battles or something like but yeah I, it's it's nice to see a guy like that, and I think he he has a good attitude towards as well. You know, I think he was zero fucks given. In yeah, fairness, Art has did, always been. Yeah, I think he did an interview with you there even after he got to the UFC, and he was like, uh, or after a couple of his losses, he's like, oh, sure, I should probably be already caught or something like that. Yeah. You know, and you know that's I you know that's a good attitude, and that's the type of guy you kind of want to see. You know, you want to go in there and see knock a guy clean out and get another couple of fights. You know, and uh, you know I think he can do it. I'm actually I'm picking Artem in this fight. I think I don't think if he Avila's that good to be honest and I think like Artem has the power to knock anyone out to be honest. you know obviously very good fighters are going to avoid that power and know and know you know where it's coming from but I don't think I don't think Avila's that good to be honest I think I think Artem can knock him out now he could Avila could have improved an awful lot obviously the, you know when you get signed up to the UFC and, and stuff things are change and as I said I didn't see that much tape in him and stuff but uh, I, th- I think Artem has a good chance of winning this fight I think it's a pretty even matchup and I think Artem's power in a fight like that is, is a big thing I really want to see Artem Lobov against Dennis Seaver just for the yeah. laugh two cool, Russians yeah. Yeah. you know if um, if Artem get a win maybe you'll see Manchester a quick turnaround get in there as Fuck quick something. as possible oh, that's who actually called... a big that's a long camp for Artem actually yeah that's actually too much time yeah. who um who called Artem out actually for the Manchester card was it Pimblet? I don't know did he somebody called Lobov out a UK based featherweight oh I can't think for the life of me. Sean, anything Probably. else on the card that interests you this weekend? Uh, yeah. Actually, here, just let me mention two things before we get back into that. I forgot about the, the Diaz-McGregor fight, right? I think a big thing as well is going to be the clinch. I think Diaz is a very, very good clinch, and he's going to use that to try to tire out. Oh, Katie uh, Taylor just lost. Really? Yeah. Fucking hell. Oh, no. 
Did she really lose? Yeah, it's all over Twitter. Oh. Uh, sure she was never any good anyway. <laughs> Yeah, okay, let's okay. Diaz is clinch is gonna be using he's gonna use that to tire up McGregor. And I think McGregor kicking that legs, getting Diaz standing up straight is a huge thing. Because if you get Diaz standing up straight, he gets out of his game, he gets out of that front leg, and he's very easy to beat. Okay, so here we go. Well, not very easy to beat, but he's a lot easier to beat than when he's in his in his stance. Uh Glover Teixeira against uh Anthony Johnson is a fight I'm fucking fascinated by. And I think I think it's Anthony Johnson, who is obviously a guy that we know, he's a killer. Like he's gonna go out there and he's gonna knock heads off of most people in, in that division. And I think he's coming against Glover Teixeira, who's maybe the most underrated fighter in in the light heavyweight division, possibly even in the UFC. I, I'm a big fan of Glover Teixeira's game. His hands always very good. We know about that. But I think he's wrestling and his jiu-jitsu are actually very very underrated as well, especially his wrestling. And I think against Anthony Johnson, if he can survive. The early, you know, whether the early storm, I know that's a kind of a cliche now at this stage because we said so much against guys like Anthony Johnson who come out quick, you know, and guys like Conor McGregor and Tyron Woodley and guys like that. If you can weather that early storm, you know, take him into the second and third round. That's, I think this is going to be a very interesting fight. Now, that's obviously easier said than done against against Anthony Johnson. Uh, and I think he has improved an awful lot. And I'm I'm picking him for the because of those improvements. But I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I, I hate ruling out Glover to share in any fight. I think, you know, unless you're fighting probably John Jones or, or Daniel Cormier, Glover to share is a match for anyone. I think in that UFC lightweight or light heavyweight division, and I'm really, really looking forward to this fight. Sean, um, I found that it was Mark Diacasey that called oh, yes. Lobov and wants him to fight on a. He's a already on UFC 204, isn't he? I don't think so. They announced the card. They announced seven bouts this morning, and he wasn't on it. Maybe. Well, he, he was. Was he? He was signed to UFC, wasn't he's he? He's been signed to the UFC, oh, yeah. yeah. But I, I would expect you're going to see him debut at that card. To be honest, um, right, let's say best case scenario, Sean. Both of these guys come out and win in devastating fashion. Completely outclass the other guy with the light heavyweight picture, just kind of all up in the air regarding John Jones. What do you think happens? the guy that wins this fight because John Jones released a video the other day saying that he looks like he's going to be back in the octagon very soon that he can't Mm -hmm. talk about anything but he's got great news this week this and that maybe teasing maybe just being John Jones but to me the winner of this guy this fight goes into tandem and they're going to be sitting around waiting regardless uh I, I don't think so. I think it's I don't think Daniel Karma is gonna wanna wait around for John Jones. What no matter what happens with John Jones, it's probably gonna be six months anyway, you know, even if he gets off um, you know, with with the tainted supplement or whatever, I think it's probably gonna be six months and I don't think Daniel Carmel is gonna want to, to lay around. Maybe now okay, maybe if it's Anthony Johnson because he already beat him, but I think if it's Glover Teixeira who wins it, I think he's gonna jump straight back in. But You'd never know. You you know you could be right. I I you know I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised, motherfucker, if if that did happen. Um, <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I think Daniel Carme. You know Daniel Carme shoving on as well. You kind of have to. You know you have to put that into it as well. Um, he doesn't have that many paydays left. You could say exactly. Sean. Yeah, and you know why not capitalize uh, now? You're the champ. Get yeah. that money. 
a payday against Glover Teixeira as well. It's kind of a, you know, Glover Teixeira. Okay, I said I just said he's an underrated fight, but I think he's a good matchup for Daniel Cormier because Cormier is wrestling. I think it'd probably be too much for him. Um, but that's a, you know, that's kind of a nice payday to have if before you're going to fight a big fight against John Jones. You know, that belt he's probably a thing a thing he thought he'd never get because of Jones being there. But now the fact you know that he has it, he's had a, what is third fight now in uh, with the belt. Um, you might as well you know. get as many that belt wrapped around your waist in victory as many times as possible exactly before exactly. john jones comes back yeah, and he knows he can beat anthony johnson too so and he said you know he's kind of said he said he'd have no problem taking that fight so yeah i, I think he i think i think uh dan Cormier will end up fighting the the winner of this it's who do you think is who do you think is gonna win how do you see it going down uh to be honest i am i am a big anthony johnson fan and have been for I don't know. I just there was something about him silencing the entire arena in Stockholm that time when he knocked out uh, Gustafsson. I'd been kind of ribbing at the Swedish guys all week, being like, "Here, how quiet is it actually going to go in there, lads?" When he gets knocked <laughs> out in the first round, and then when it happened, I just felt like Nostradamus. I was I was the happiest man in the world. Chexera is a mixed bag for me. I'm not too. I'm not as sold on him as you are. I'm not uh, disputing that he's a. Uh, He's an outstanding fighter, but I do think that when you get up towards the upper echelon of light heavyweights, he is going to be the bridesmaid and never the bride. I just don't foresee any any situation where a strap will ever get to his his belt or to his a strap will ever get to his shoulder. I should say. I don't foresee massive improvements happening in his game that he's then able to challenge guys like Daniel Cormier, John Jones, or Anthony Johnson. Fair enough, the Anthony Johnson one is a 50-50 one. We've seen Johnson, I don't want to say quit in fights before, but his coaches have been very... You've seen the coaches lose the head, especially in the Daniel, uh, the DC fight. Do you know what I mean? I think that was a a little bit of a testing fight for Anthony Johnson. It's like, can he keep going? Like, he virtually had the fight won and was able to throw it away. So, depending on what Anthony Johnson shows up, if he's there mentally, if he's there in every way possible, then I think it's going to be an easy night for him. Chexera is a potential banana skin. But nothing other than an Anthony Johnson. Like I don't want to say mauling because Chexera can take absolutely everything in the kitchen sink. But if anybody in that division is going to be able to brutally stop him, in my opinion, it's going to be Anthony Johnson. Yeah, uh, I tend to agree. I'm I'm going to be picking Anthony Johnson to win that one. I think, but um, it, it's a good fight. I really like that one. Like um, it's, it's fair enough. He's been hit by very hard people. Do you know? He's been hit by Maldonado uh, and Rampage. And he's fought John Jones to a decision. Do you know? But aside from that, I'm just thinking like Anthony Johnson has dynamite in both of his hands. And he's yeah. never come up against someone who's been able to hit as hard or as or I don't want to say as hard or as accurate, but definitely as hard and as cleanly combined as Anthony Johnson. Yeah. Uh, Johnson's improved an awful lot as well. And yeah, I think it's going to be a good fight. Um, another guy who hits hard and clean is Cody Garbrandt. We won't get into that one too much. I think that's, I think he's just going to destroy Takei Mizugaki. Very play to Mizugaki for taking this yeah. fight on such short notice because he's losing. He is. He's some man for, you know, they gave him Dominic Cruz as well when he came back. Like, Jesus, like to, to give him his like he's not like getting him. any easy ones. He's not getting any easy ones, is he? You know, but um, yeah, other fights in that card as well. Um, Cerrone against uh, Rick, Rick Story. The horror story. God, that's an odd fight. That's a that's an odd fight for me. I think Rick Story's going to beat him. Yeah, a hundred percent. Rick Story's a changed man, Sean. 
I, I remember waxing lyrical on this podcast about him after his last victory. He yeah. is just the ultimate. He's the he's the free transfer that you can throw in centre back, centre mid, or do a stint in goals if you need. John, you know, John O'Shea is it? He's the John O'Shea of the UFC, but he's actually <laughs> able to beat people that are better than him. How the, dare oh, well, you? I suppose John O'Shea not Meg Luis Figo, so he, he is then. actually the John O'Shea of the UFC. Yeah. He is. Um, I just think that the areas that Cerrone have suffered has suffered with in the past, and like Rick Story absolutely ripped Tarek Safadine's body apart in the last fight, if I recall that correctly. He is gonna put. Massive, massive, massive amounts of pressure on Donald Cerrone. He is going to be able to back him up. He's going to be the bigger guy. He has power in his hands. Cerrone is fighting for the cash. Do you know, like, I would like to see Cerrone show the no fear sort of style and be like, no, I'm not going to take a step back and throw heat straight back at Story, which we're expecting that he will do. I think that's how he wins the fight as well, to be honest. Uh, who Cerrone? Cerrone, yeah. If That's he does, his only way of winning the fight. Yeah, if he does throw, yeah, he, yeah. I mean, which he could, which he definitely could. But oh, yeah. I'm not just being like, yeah, this is under the bus. Story's going to go straight through. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same. Um, but I do think that Cerrone has a much, he has a way to win. But Story also has, but Cerrone is of the the mindset that he only wants to win one way. Do you know what I mean? Because he kicks ass and he's a cowboy and he's here for the money and the beer and the girls. It's like fuck that. No, Rick Story doesn't mind winning a decision. Do you think Rick Story is going to be any less happy if he grinds out three rounds over Donald Cerrone by fighting in the most effective and efficient way possible? Not a fucking hope. He's not going to give a shit. Rick yeah. Story's there to win. That's it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree totally with you. He's, I think he's going to throw him up against the fence. He's going to... Remember that last fight? He put his head into... Was it was Tarek Safin? He put his head into his chest and just like wailed with shots to the body. Yeah. Like if he does it, that against Dan Sorny, I can see Dan Sorny giving up again, you know, falling to the ground like he, he, he does a lot of the time. Oh! <laughs> like, I'm, not one of, I'm not a guy for saying that. Like You never hear me saying no, that. No, but you're a guy for saying <laughs> shit when I have to try get an interview with him later on in the week. And someone's going to tweet him, did you hear what the lads on Severe MMA <laughs> podcast were saying? Tell him it was Andrew. Uh, yeah, but after that, you know, he has been known to do that in, in the past uh, on, on multiple occasions. Um, so, I, you know, Cerrone could win. As I said, if he comes out and he just goes hell for a letter from minute one, I think he can, you know, he can win that fight. But if he takes a backward step at any stage and and if uh, Story can get a forward momentum against him, if he can push Cerrone back, get him against the cage, I think that's a tough fight for Cerrone to win. You know, as you say, as a bigger man, Rick Story is a, a big, strong, welterweight and Cerrone's kind of a thin, you know, thin, tall guy. And that's that's the kind of opponent that Rick Story likes. So I'm looking forward to that one as, as well, though. Um, last fight we'll talk about here, um, Neil Magny against Lorenz Larkin. Um I, I I like that fight. Two similar type of guys, Lorenz Larkin, very heavy leg kicks is is probably his his best thing. You know, good tight technical boxer. I think Neil Magny has improved an awful lot uh, over the last while. Good takedowns, good top game, um, good kind of dirty boxing. He'll push you back against the fence. Long, you know, long guy, good jab, stuff like that. I think this, you know, this is another good fight. Neil Magny, how many? You know, he's probably won like six in a row or something. He's one of the most active active guys in the UFC. And Lorenz Larkin, good fighter as well. And, you know, 
two guys that are climbing towards the top. This is a, you know, I think this is a big fighter on the mid range of that welterweight division, and you know, whoever wins that could be, you know, could be in a number one contender fight in the next year, maybe. A hundred, like Neil Magny, I think is, um, it's crazy because he's fought four times in the last year, Sean. Yeah. He's he's um, you gotta. What was it? It was he had a seven fight win streak, and then he lost to Maya, and he's on three fights since then, and he's just. It seems like there's constant improvement in this guy. Like he went and trained with Maya after losing to him. Those pictures yeah. going around of him attending a Damian Maya jiu-jitsu seminar. Do you know what I mean? Like if that that's the best thing ever. Like do you know what I mean? Fair enough. I would like to see him now <clears throat> put a stamp on it when you're coming up against. Uh, when I was just checking his record there, when you're coming up against guys like Calvin Gastelum or Eric Silva. And you're winning by split decision. In a year's time, if he rematched those two, I have no doubt in my mind that he would finish them. Do you know what I mean? That is the type of evolving fighter that Neil Magny is. And I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing if Lorenz Larkin can take his heat. Yep. Should After he fucked over my boy Jorge Masvidal. Ah, sure, these things happen. We will these just mention happen. one last thing. Tim Means. Yeah. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah. very we... close to fighting Peter Queeley. Mm-hmm. So... Injury, bye bye Peter Queeley. <laughs> he says while leaning back. Like that's a tug life. Just the way you said that. You were leaning back. You were kind of like relaxing. Yeah. My boy Peter Queeley. Yeah. That's how it was said. Peter Queeley was offered the fight against Tim Means at UFC 202. It seemed like the UFC were going for it. Asked for passports. Asked for details. But then unfortunately it seemed like a visa couldn't. A work visa couldn't be obtained for Queeley in time for that fight. So um, didn't get it. We got a question about it later on. I may as well just say it now. Peter Queeley has a fight booked. I believe it's going to be announced in the next couple of days. And that's it. You're going to find out where it not is. In the, not in the UFC, does it? not in the UFC, no. Yeah. You're going to find out where and when. But it's it's to me, it seems like, okay, the UFC were interested in him. The UFC were willing to take the shot. A good win if he gets it in his next fight would be perfect for him. He's going to be... Uh, Nine and two, then and the UFC will be back looking at him. I think a finish would yeah. be emphatic for him. I just here. about to say it. Yeah, if he gets a finish, I think it's almost guaranteed that he gets signed by the UFC. So there you go, big fight coming up for Peter Queeley. So congrats. Well, I, d- I don't want to say congratulations because he had the UFC offer there, and that's unfortunate circumstances for it to be taken away. If that if this card had been in Manchester then we'd be talking about Tim Means versus Peter Queeley because he yeah, wouldn't have been worried about those visas. Do you know the worst thing about it too? What? The fact that he was one of my predictions for the start of the year that Peter Queeley get gets signed. signed. Oh, he still Fuck might. Sake. Still let might. me down, like, let me down now. <laughs> yeah, let him down the article. Hopefully he will, yeah. My um, God. I suppose we should mention Ashton Gelly as well. She had to pull out of her fight with, um, with Michelle Watterson, who in turn had to pull out of the fight as well because she broke her hand. Um, so, I, you know, I suppose... You know, that's a little bit of light as well as rashing the You know, the fight would have been taken away from her anyway. But um, I think Petey uh, reported that she has a couple of knee injuries with PCL and MCL. But I don't think it's anything major. I think it's maybe a couple of months to rest and kind of rehab. Uh, it doesn't require surgery and she should be back. So that, you know, I suppose that's that's good news in one way. Obviously, it's, it's bad that she, you know, she hasn't fought in a good while. And, and uh, she obviously she had to pull out of her fight. But it's it's good that it's not in, uh, not in serious. And hopefully she'll be back in maybe around the turn of the year maybe a little bit after yeah no the knee is definitely a different one Sean there's a, like the knee yeah. is a difficult one because like you can have people who are able to fight 
with injuries, like their knee hanging off, like Conor yeah. McGregor. Or you have, Carmia. yeah, or you have people that will have to take time to heal something. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And maybe Ashling is just one of those people. She just felt that uh, the injury was just too much to keep going on through training, a hard slog in training. I'd say you're being put through it every day by multiple people, like multiple bodies in the gym. And just those, the injuries can build up. Do you know what I mean? They can accumulate mm-hmm. as they're going forward. And um, maybe a little bit of regret from Ashling for pulling out of the fight because Waterson pulled out regardless. So if she was going to be going in banged up but was still able to make the fight, but Waterson was also going to make the walk as well, then that could have played into her favour even more. Or she could have got another another opponent. Um, you wouldn't have known what could have happened but I suppose best case scenario was pull out why risk it do you know what I mean especially in um, do you know especially in this day and age of the UFC when a loss like you want to a loss could mean a cut do you know what I mean so you want to be going in knowing that you're at absolutely 100% because I'd say a lot of the Irish guys now guys and girls are going to be feeling maybe like they're fighting for their job yeah yeah definitely yeah look it's uh, it's better to pull out if you're uh you know, if you've an injury and you think it's gonna you know it's gonna harm you in a fight, Michelle Watterson's no walkover like obviously and you know, it's you know we're just glad obviously it's not a it's not something uh not something major that requires surgery or anything like that. But yeah. Um I suppose let's move on to maybe something who can help out fighters like that and this week, uh a new fighters association. Was, I thought you were gonna do an RS nutrition link. No, but not one Fighters Association. <laughs> you can get 25% off with the promo codes for your men and for your bottle of Krill. Uh Yeah, the Fighters Association was set up this week by a group of uh, men, including a, a guy who, who, his name is guess, you know, but he he, run, he ran the Baseball um, Association, I believe, for baseball players. And also a couple more guys, and Lu- um, Lucas Middlebrook, who was, people know him best as the, the lawyer who represented Nick Diaz at that time. Uh, and he's kind of, I don't know, arbitration the right word but he with the and the Valis Athletic Commission you know a smart guy obviously a couple of smart guys running it um the, their Twitter bio reads the Professional Fighters Association represents the collective interests of fighters employed by the Ultimate Fighting Championship so this is you know this is not an MMA union per se I think you know they've kind of sh- sh- um, shied away from going that far, but I think it's kind of a UFC fighters union. You know they have, I think they tweeted out a picture yesterday of something with a union. They're t- they're tweeting out uh, our MLS players union. They have, um, you know, they've had, they've had, um, they've had different, you know, they've they had different. Um, MLS and I think NBA, uh, NFL unions all come out with their press release and say you know that they're behind them. Obviously, this is a very a very new thing, and you know it's it's only released this week, so we don't know exactly what they're going to do yet if they're going to get any traction. But I think it's it's a good start. You know, this is this needs to happen, especially you know ad you know people have spoke about it ad nauseum. We've spoken about it before, I suppose. Maybe in Ireland it's still a little bit different. Obviously, uh, maybe our American counterparts would have a better uh, you know better uh, knowledge of this because of you know unions in the NFL and NBA and stuff like that. Obviously, you know our sports don't you know they probably haven't, but they're not as you know they're not Promise. as well publicized and stuff. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, but I think this is a good start. They need this because they need the, that TV deal is coming up in what two years time. They need to you know they need to negotiate that um, to get money out of that. They need to negotiate this USADA and you know how to, how USADA works. You know that needs to be renegotiated. Um, to, you know 
to, to when and where they can get uh, they can get um, tested and stuff like that. You know, obviously it needs to be it needs to be random and things like that. But I, you can't ruin people's lives either. I, I don't think um, with, with things like that. But you know, that's that's a separate point. But I think this is a good start. Hopefully it'll go somewhere. Obviously there's been another fighters association well with um, Rob Rob Macy. I believe his name is. I think they came out this week and said that they're not in favor of this. Basically, with uh, you know they're doing a lot of things wrong and stuff, which is not good. You know the unions are kind of going against unions, which is a bit you know it, it's a bit weird. They I want suppose that union money, Sean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They they all want to be in, in charge basically. So look. This one looks uh, more professional than that one, to be honest, because that one is kind of, you, you know, you had a lot of people in it, the kind of the John Fitches of the world and the, you know, the uh, Kung Lees guys who kind of, you know, with a chip in their shoulder, maybe. And I don't, you know, whether that's right or wrong. And I think this is more separate than UFC, which it needed to be, I think. And this has kind of, I think this is the signs of being what what is needed you know and what this is the sprouts of going something that's maybe hopefully going to be something special and that's going to fight for fighters rights uh, going forward Paul Dottery put up on Twitter last night that Conor McGregor's stance on the UFC's fighters union have changed over the last 13 months 8th of July 2015 I handle my own business and my business is good so handle your business and then on the 12th of August many fighters are not in a great situation I'm blessed with the situation I'm in I have worked very hard for this I've come in, put in the work to be where I am, but it's not nice to see my peers, some of my peers, not all of them. Some of them do deserve to be in this situation because they're not at that level. But I feel it's important to get a bunch together and support each other. It's a dangerous, crazy business we're all in. We get in and risk everything. I've witnessed firsthand how these fighters risk it all. Maybe in the future, right now, I've got to focus on myself. That might be selfish. This is the position I'm in. I have a lot going on to focus on my own self. But in the future, maybe I will help spearhead something like that if it is presented correctly. I wouldn't just jump in if it wasn't going to be done right. <laughs> That's all well and good. Um, but I don't think the big fighters, I don't think the likes of him, the likes of Ronda Rousey, maybe maybe John Jones, but I don't think they're going to be the ones that change this. I think you need... You need the smaller fighters, I think, to get on board with this, and I think that that's going to be pretty hard. With some, of, you know, to get some of them on board. I'm, you know, I remember even, you know, remember that time there was like big, there was a big hoopla over the fighters paying stuff, and you know there was a lot of people talking about. I think it might have been even around Sage Rock, and you had guys coming out and saying, you know, who are you to talk about my pay and stuff like that? You know, why, you know, why are you talking about my? This has got to do with me. I get paid fine and all like this. You know, you have a lot of people like that who you know who want to say the good graces of the, of the UFC and stuff like that you know everyone you know uh, everyone is um, temporarily poor kind of you know when, when you're fighters like that you know you're you're all you're just a millionaire in waiting kind of I think is the attitude of a lot of people which is which is a little bit you know which is obviously wrong 99% of the time um, so I think you know this is a thing that really needs to be set up it's going to be it's going to be hard to get um, people behind this, you know, you've some obviously you've some you're gonna have some brave souls who are gonna do it who come out and say it, and you know I don't think too much is gonna happen to them. But if you would everyone come out and do it, what are what are UFC gonna do? Like, what what can they do if everyone comes out and gets behind it? There's nothing they can do but only you know only sign up to it or you know only do a deal with them. You know, if every fighter says I'm you know I'm not gonna fight until the UFC does a deal where they give us a 10% pay rise or whatever, you know, and give us a 5% pay rise next year and a 5% pay rise every year going forward or something, you know, obviously that's 
just made up numbers by me, but you know, something like that need, I think will need to happen before there is huge change or else a big star like McGregor or Rousey. But I think that's more unlikely to happen than them getting a lot of people behind them. No, like, and my just two quick things on it. If a bigger, like, say, if Ronda Rousey came in and said, Look, Dana, we need to support all these fighters here, blah, 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 they need to get more money. He turns around and said, What if I just give you an extra 1.5 million for your next fight, Ronda? Yeah. To save me having to pay more than that money on <laughs> the fighters. You know, that's when that sort of stuff goes away. Like, here's the, the reason, though, it's just been released on Twitter. Leslie Smith. UFC fighter has revealed she has a tumour in her stomach and really? can't afford the treatment. Jesus. UFC fighter Leslie Smith has been known for her toughness. In a recent piece on Access TV regarding the possibility of a fighters association or a union, she revealed that she has a tumour on her stomach which she can't afford to treat. I have a tumour on my stomach but I don't have any way to get that fixed. I don't have a way to get that taken off because it's not a fight related issue. So fighters are covered under an insurance policy, insurance policy when you sign with the UFC. However, it's noted that the current insurance plan for fighters is more of a form of liability that covers combatants for injuries suffered during fights or training. This is not the kind of medical insurance that an employer would typically provide in the United States that covers general health of an individual in most cases, their families yeah. as well. See, this is a problem with independent contractors as well because, you know... That's bull. Like, unless it's the bullshit. story in the next 24 hours comes out that the UFC are covering her payment costs of this whole thing, then they are a fucking disgrace. Yeah, see, as I say, it's easy the problem with, with independent contractors because, you know, if she was an employee, like, it'd be a lot different. You know, if she had proper, you know, healthcare, it, you know, for, as an employee, it'd be obviously a lot different. But, like, people. An independent contract, trying to, an independent contractor is basically something like, you an know, Uber a, driver. A, a painter or something like that. You know, you can paint someone else's house, and you know, you could paint my house today, and you could go up and paint your house tomorrow. You could paint, you know, someone else's house the next day. But in the US, they're supposed to be independent contractors, but they can only paint one house. You know, it's it's a bit weird, isn't it? You know, they're given, you know. If you're a painter in a, or a, you know, if you did do DIY or something in a, in a factory and you're working there all the time, you're an employee of that factory. You know, you're going to be working there all the time. You're going to get the benefits of working there all the time. But when you're independent, you don't get any benefits because you're basically your own kind of employer. Yet the UFC are kind of they're they're treating them as employees, but they don't get any of the benefits of being employees. You know, so it's it's so weird. I think that needs to change. I think that that's a huge. I think the UFC need you know need to bring them in, make them uh, employees, or else let them fight. You know, if they're independent contractors, let them be independent contractors. Like let you know, let Bellator offer Conor McGregor five million to fight or something. You know, let them you know offer you know whoever you know fights to fight. If you're actually independent contractors, let them be independent contractors. But they aren't. You know, and that's not going to happen. Any you know anytime soon. And um, you know it's it's. It's it's definitely a weird one, but hopefully this this fighters association can fight for things like that. You know they can fight like for the medical NBA. expenses for a exactly, different insurance yeah. policy for yeah. a Better pension pay, plan. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, stuff like that. I would say fighters may take something like a scheme where say right, we don't want a pay increase. We just want five grand put into our bank every month until we retire. Geez, that'd be all right, wouldn't it? Something okay, like yeah. that. That'd be handy. That'd be a bit much, I think. Probably. 
Yeah, but I, I, t- I take that. Jesus, give me a UFC fight just so I can just get that pension. Get that pension that, that plan. That pension plan, baby. Um, yeah, okay, I suppose we're going to talk about this fighters' union. You know, it's kind of... I remember... The early days you said uh, we were talking about, we're going to be talking about that a lot more as, as time goes on. I think this is another thing that we're going to be talking about a lot more over the next probably year or so and, and until that new deal or maybe two years until that new deal is uh, is is ironed out. And hopefully, you know, I wish them the best. Hopefully they can uh, they can get things going and hopefully, you know, if you're a fighter, listen to this, get behind them, you know, because the, in at the end of the day, the promoter is not your friend, we'll say it again, and these guys are coming in here, they're trying to help, and um, hopefully they can help. It, what it'd do be you nice think to, Neil Siri thinks of this? Sure, Neil Siri probably just didn't give a shit. See, see, he's an ignorant man. Just see him writing to my, uh, writing to my breakdown this morning, saying I it was did. boring. Uh, what a, what a bastard! Like Neil, Neil Siri is the worst fighter in the UFC. Like, let's be honest, nobody likes him. Ah, don't be at it. <laughs> see, see, Liverpool yesterday, absolute fucking. Oh, they're playing Arsenal. Yeah. What about Arsenal? I hear rubbish. Two rubbish teams. It was like a fucking third division game. That was. Jesus, Sean, you're going fairly in on the two of us today. <laughs> You and Neil Siri are just two pricks here. The, um, I'm not too happy with that now, I have to say. Oh, I thought why? We, I just, you know, I thought we were beyond the stage of football hooliganism, you know, insults. I, like, our, our Arsenal are shit anyway now, you know. I'm done with football, forget about that. I'm a Dundalk FC supporter. Come on, the town. I do better than Arsenal anyway. What about Liverpool? I'm only joking, I just actually haven't seen, I, like, I've been working all weekend. I, ha- I only saw Coutinho's goal. I saw that was a peach of a free kick now, in fairness. Like, but I'll, um, I'll be back for proper United. football debate next week. United are going to win the league. United are the best team ever. Let's be honest. Sign Pogba. Brilliant. Deadly. All right. Um, Pog back. Pog back, in fairness. What, what did you like my tweet there I last did week? The pod back. Pod- yeah, that was fucking deadly. Pod Papa, big fan of the podcast. Okay, Andrew, you might pull up a few questions there. And while you do that, let me tell everybody about our good friends and our good sponsors, rosnutrition.com, Ireland's leading provider of wellness products for people, supplements, vitamins, BCAAs, krill oil, other stuff, all that good stuff. You know better than me. Head on over to rosnutrition.com. See what they have. See what you are. See, do they provide what your needs require? And if they do, put that stuff into a basket. Go to purchase. I love your breakdown every week, Sean. (laughs) Stick in severe MMA, and that will give you 25% off those products that will help you improve yourself as a person. And for this week only, with using the code severe MMA, what do you get? You get a free bottle of krill oil. Boom! Bottle of krill oil. Boom! ROSnutrition.com. Promo code Severe MMA. Help us. Help yourselves. Andrew. First question from Steve Doyle. Should United sell Fellaini? No, he was unreal on Saturday. I've always said it. Fellaini. Fellaini is a really good player if he plays defensive midfielder where he does nothing but break up balls and just passes it off. That's what he's excellent at. And he hasn't been playing there for the last three years. They've been playing him as a big target man, which he can do and he's fine. But when he's up the field, he's not going to be taking the ball down and playing incisive passes and stuff like that, which is which is a bit of a, you know, which takes away from him. But he's he's a very good tackler. He's good at breaking up balls in the middle of the field. And I think himself and Pogba could be a good partnership. Boom. 
There you go. Jennifer Millsap wants to know what fight should the UFC make? Title fights or money fights? Um, both. Eamon McLean would like to know will we see a cage warrior's Conor McGregor? An aggressive counter puncher with more leg kicks? Or is it going to turn out like Condit versus Nick? It won't turn out like Condit. Uh, I think actually a little bit, a hybrid of the two of those things, I think. Hmm. I think he's going to throw a lot of power punches, but he's going to have a lot of movement as well. And there was one follow-up from... Sean, I thought for some reason I'd asked you all of these questions. But I realised that they're from the 7th of August. So they're still for this week's podcast. But they were just after were they? the oh, yeah, last maybe. podcast. Yeah, okay. Maybe I didn't unlike them or something, did I? No, you week? didn't. Yeah. I think we may have answered those questions last week already. So... Mm. That's why Mr. Podge wasn't first. So here he is again. Sweet. One Mr. Podge. Forget those last questions. Go fuck yourselves, people. <laughs> if UFC 202 breaks records, could we see more boxing-style cards that aren't stacked from top to bottom? Four billion doesn't come easy. We've been seeing that already because of the additional schedule and stuff. Remember John his, Jones had his one His further point on that, sorry, was with Connor saying his camp cost him nearly 300 grand. Is this another step closer to boxing with more camps focused on individuals? But Rampage Jackson, I believe, said he spent a million getting ready he's, for John Jones, yeah? Yeah, he's done that as well. Like Ronda Rousey, that's basically how she does it. You know, a lot of the you know, a lot of the big fires do it, but you know, most people are not gonna be able to afford it, I don't think. And I think a lot of people are not gonna even do it anyway. Like McGregor has done that, but I think a lot of that is because of the fact he travelled over to Vegas to do it. Like he's training he's not training with anyone really that you know, he wouldn't have at home. Maybe Conor Wallace is the only one, obviously, he's a boxer, but, like, he's who's training with Keen Cowley, Artem Labov, uh, friends. you have to imagine that he's given them something for being there. Oh, well, yeah, but, like, I'm saying, you know, I'm, I'm talking about kind of the team, like, you know, he, they're his teammates, you know. You know, it's, it's funny, like, it's weird, because the difference between, a, the, what I'm getting at is the difference between a boxing camp and, a, say, a McGregor's camp is... If Vladimir Klitschko has a boxing camp, you know, he might get in fucking, you know, Derek Chisora or someone to, to to spar him, who's obviously not his team or anything, and, you know, he's who he's going to have to fly over and stuff and, and pay lots of money. You know, if you're McGregor, you like, you know, you have the, those guys in your door, or if you're John Jones, kind of, you're, you know, you can spar with Andrew Arlovsky and stuff and, and you know, whoever, Alistair Overeem and stuff coming up to your fight because they're your teammates, you know. But I, the, the, what's cost McGregor so much is he's to fly all those guys out. You know, he's to fly the guys, you know, everyone who's, you know, who's in his entourage out and you know he's I'd say he's a lot of them you know so that's that's going to be very expensive and obviously yeah you're going to have to feed him and pay him or whatever for the the time they're out there as well so that's going to you know that's going to add up but if you know if it was in say if he was fighting in Ireland now or fighting in Manchester or even in New York probably you know he'd probably just have an uh, East Camp in Ireland and obviously save a lot of money but I think you know he knows himself that and he talks about an awful lot you know the Vegas here and stuff it's you know it's a different um it's a different climate out there and you need to prepare for that uh, well, especially, you know. I, I think Irish people, you know, the heat is we very We don't tough. adapt well to Las oh, Vegas, Sean, oh. right? Don't worry. I've never the been wife there, beaters like, are already packed. Oh, so I have my God wife... Be there. What? Thank God I'm not going to be there. I have my wife beaters ready to take over stateside. I'm looking forward to it. But, uh, no, we don't adapt well. Like, we give off about the heat every time the podcast yeah. goes over 22 degrees. I'm sitting here now just fucking waiting to to go outside so I can sit outside and get a bit cool. It's fucking Ross and sitting here outside the window. There you go. And a wee bottle of WKD. But, oh, I mean, I, I've only like four left. Oh, I, I'll have, have to one. stock up. I'll have to stock up. Um, 
he also just wanted to say, how lucky is Ken Shamrock? Only suspended till the 4th of March. Who will he fight on a St. Patrick's Day return? <laughs> you know, you know you're in, in bad trouble when fucking Texas has been you, don't you? Jesus Christ. Texas, take your license away from you. My God, they'd give me a license to fight. That's how he bad they are. must have been on it in the fight. <laughs> Of course he was sure he was caught for it. Like, no, I mean he must have been at such high levels that they're like, oh, yeah. you're yeah. getting suspended. We have to. We've no actual choice here. I'm so sorry. He's hardly going to fight again, is he? He probably knows. Kevin Nicholson says Junior Dos Santos wants to return in December after shoulder surgery. And who would you like to see him face? I would like to see him face. Um. Mark Hunt in a rematch. Oh, I love Robert it. So. Do you guys have a favourite fighter nickname? He's always like the Korean zombie personally. What's yours, Andrew? Um, I like Tommy or no, James Heelan. Irish MMA sexual fighter. Healing. James Sexual Heelan <laughs> has the best nickname I've ever heard. But UFC fighters, mm, I'm not too sure. Off the top of my head, I can't think. Who are yours? Obviously, my favorite one is Yogurt Dev Fogarty. No, oh, yeah, since a, you created, uh, created it. Since I created it. But the two, the two that stick out in the UFC are Andre Touchy Feely and uh, Uncle Creepy, Ian McCon. Touchy Feely would definitely be up there on mine. Um, and <laughs> Levara Big Johnson is a. Yeah, no, <laughs> I am a big fan like of. Um, no, I can't think of it. It was literally in my head and it's gone now immediately out yeah, straight away. Do you hear Bubba Jenkins on the MMA last week talking about nicknames and I gave him a good one? Hubba, Hubba Bubba Jenkins. Hubba Bubba Jenkins, yeah. That's what I was going to say. I much prefer when the nickname is before their name. Yeah. I don't like Sean the Phenom Sheehan. Yeah, super No, it needs to be like Lady Killer Sean Sheehan. Uh, oh, I like that. Do you know something I like that? Like that. <laughs> But I need I I need a nickname starting with O because I want to be SOS. Oh my god. Yeah, like MVP. I need that. Like that's what I need. That's you know, that's my brand there, Andrew. That's what I that's what I need to move to the next level. Gimmick Sheehan. Mm -hmm. New level, you mean? I'm on a new level. Uh if Hendo beats Bisbing and retires, does Bisbing feature in the subsequent vacant title fight from Daniel Uh Hickey? I think if if that happens, right, which you definitely want, um, I think they'll probably have like a four way, four way tournament, dance. maybe. And I think Bisping might be in that, although, although he mightn't be. It could, it'll probably be Weidman, Rockhold, Jacare, Yoel. Aaron Collin wants to know: Seeing as looking for a fight is going to be scouting internationally, are there any potential cards around for it? Sure, Aaron. Were you not at the last Bama in February? Dana White was there, mate. <laughs> Do you not remember? Dana White was going to be at looking for a fight at that Bam. Did I not see that online, Sean? Why are you laughing? I saw that. Yeah, was he there? You yeah, were there, weren't you? Did Googled. you see him? Dana White. Bama. Why didn't you get an interview with him? Um, I don't know. Maybe I just yeah no. Did he not? Yeah, he missed UFC London for Bama. Yeah. Remember when that happened? Oh uh, no, it didn't happen. No. Oh yeah, no, sorry. Because he was never going to be there. <laughs> Ever. Yeah, and he's not going to be at the one this time either because it's UFC 203. But I think that would be a good card for him to go to. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, and maybe in the future he could. Yeah. But outside of that, I don't think he could go to a Cage Warriors card. More mm-hmm. likely now due to the Fight Pass link. 100%. To be honest. 100%. So uh, if oh, you really want a prediction. Pinder. No, no. 
That'd be like he's gonna get signed regardless. That'd be a waste of looking for a fight. No, but it would. Yeah, it would. But it's a good way of bringing Paddy Pimblett into say into the American the consciousness, consciousness, and stuff like yes, that. A good idea. Or Come it's also a it. good idea that if Cage Warriors up and back on their feet next year, had a show in Dublin, and mm. Dana White's looking for a fight was over in Dublin. Yeah, that Dublin. would be a better one. I like that. Oh Jesus! Okay, next question. Ian Thornton, what are your thoughts on Diaz possibly cutting thirty pounds to make one seventy? Yeah, I think. I think and could you see Conor or Nate pulling out? No. Oh, I Jesus, stop! Stop, stop that! Arash, stop that old shit! No. We no need for that negativity. Uh, Diaz cutting thirty pounds. I think that's a big thing. As I said, like uh, that point I forgot about about Diaz uh, using the cage. Uh, I think that's going to be a big thing. He's going to put his try to put his weight on McGregor and tire him out. I think that you know that's a lot. I, and I'm, I, you know, I don't buy into this thing as well that he's weighing two hundred pounds. I, I you know I don't think that's true. I think he's probably you know he's probably closer to one eighty five than he is to two hundred. Well, definitely. I'd say. Um, yeah, I think he'd probably be in the cage around 185 or so. And I, I've no inside information or anything on like that. But yeah, he's definitely going to be bigger and heavier than McGregor. And I think he's probably going to use that to his advantage or try to at least, anyway. There you go. Marty Latta, our good friend from the States, sent us a picture. Would you eat these potatoes? So he's obviously learning, Sean. Mm-hmm. They're a Lay's flavored Brazilian. P-I-C-A-N-H-A Picana Yeah They look Steak nice as well Chimmy curry sauce They definitely do If you'd like to send us Two packets over to Ireland We'll definitely yeah. sample them And give a review uh, On next week's Oh well Whenever they come On that podcast mm-hmm. we'll, we'll eat them at Bama We'll make a We'll make a, a video A video of us reviewing them Yes, yes that's So that's plenty of times To send them over uh, Andy Cowan says He had to get an app To crop the pics So we better read this how are you lads? Given the fact that the UFC announced a Dublin show in May last year, can we safely assume that they're not coming back to the shores this year? Yes, is that unless the Belfast card happens and depends what side of the political border you're on with that <laughs> returning to these shores this year comment. But uh, the UFC could be coming back to the island of Ireland this year uh, in Belfast. And this is a mad one, but bear with him. Yeah. He had a dream that McGregor officially retired after this weekend's fights. No. How far from the realm of possibility is that from happening? He has a title. He has the money. Theoretically, could it happen? No. Not a hope? Not a fucking hope in hell. What is their more... Better question. More likely, unlikelier things to happen than Conor McGregor retiring this year? Um, Andrew know. doing work in Vegas. <laughs> that's, fucking, that's about as likely as anything it'll possibly be. Uh, I don't know Graham buying a new pair of shoes (laughs) (laughs) Right so We may as well reveal this now Because people are going to be able to see him If you want to put a name to the face Right If you watch the embeddeds If you watch all of the The what? No go on yeah If you watch all of the Mac Life stuff as well The guy that's walking around with a boom pole recording Connor, that is Graham. He's probably going to be wearing the same shorts for the next while. He got a new pair. He's looking fly. He has a new pair of sunglasses as well because his last pair were broken. So if And if you're heading over to the fight and you see that man, approach him and say you're a massive fan and ask him for a picture. Ask him for an autograph. Or an autograph. He loves autographs as well. Yeah, he loves autographs. He loves being centre of attention, Graham, doesn't he? Like oh, he, he really it. does. He's oh. mad for it. 
Actually, getting himself in, on those embedded videos and all, like sticking his head in just to make sure he's there. To make sure he's on it, to ruin exactly. their shots. Your Dave Fogarty was in Bad Blood. Was he? Yeah. Why? Holding that. Do you know holding that big round camera thing? Oh, yeah. Remember that? He was on that. He was McGregor was walking backstage and he was rocking in front of him. There you go. Next question. Rise to fame. Johnny Byrne says, was there too much of an emphasis put on McGregor gassing himself out in the last fight? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think yeah, he definitely gassed. Like he, you know, he got. He, see, there was three things. He didn't fight the way he usually fights. He gassed and he got hit hard. So you can add on in those three things. I think him gassing is probably. It's probably the second biggest thing after him not fighting the way he, he normally fights. Mm, so we have a few more before we can wrap this episode up. Yeah, take your time, chance. Andrew. We're here. This is this. We're going long this week. Everyone knows it. This is the big week. Oh, are we? We're at one thirty-five recording time at the minute. Oh, we're not going that long, so we're just going normal. No, yeah, we're we're doing okay. Like, yeah. Um, what is? Oh, if Connor wins Saturday, do you think it's Alvarez next? If so, would you watch Aldo versus Holloway? Yeah, I said that in the show last week. Who's watch the someone shit out of it? Darren O'Connor said that. Yeah. Well, Darren, hard things. Hard things. I love the way you say hard things. Oh, thanks. Uh, Mark Fahey says, since Bisbing got a shot, who is now the best gatekeeper of all time? Jesus. Uh, Joe on. Yeah. Takeo Mizugaki must be up there as well, isn't he? Takeo. Well, not of all time, maybe. Yeah, I, I like Joe Oh, yeah, here. Wasn't this oh, some yeah. crack? I was thinking about this, during, Like, So I have an issue with, like, this was just so funny. Remember when Cub Swanson said that he would have no, like, McGregor can, like, go fuck himself, basically. Like, McGregor's mm-hmm. not anywhere near his league. And then he beat uh, Brando and then got a bigger fight than Cub Swanson immediately in Dustin Poirier. Yeah. Do you think he regrets not taking that fight? Do you think he regrets not looking for that fight or asking for that fight in any way, shape or form? He definitely does because now they want to match yeah. him up with Do Ho Choi. Oh yeah, that's Do you know what I mean? So Cub, Sw- yeah, Cub Swanson's just now like, fuck. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just kind of passed him by like. Yeah. Yeah, Cubby there was, you know, Cubby probably got, should have got a, a title shot there at one stage, but they gave it to someone else in front of him. Uh, Chad Mendes, I think it was, in fact. And uh, he kind of lost out then. He got destroyed by Frankie. But yeah, I, I, don't, know, I, I, never, I don't think Cubby was ever... It's a dog eat dog good. world, it's, isn't it, mate? It, it is, yeah. Your own brother, who for some reason, I don't know why he won't just ask you these questions in person, or does he do it to make you have to answer them on question? On, on podcast, uh, yeah, he, I wouldn't. I'd just ignore him if he hadn't been in person. Oh, would you? Well, then no, this is to get your interaction up with him. Do you yeah. think Connor would have the patience to try and play the long game and just outpoint Nate? And what is the next stop for both of them after winning or losing? You can answer that one. Um, I do think he would have the patience to do it because he may look at it from the point of view that I just need to win this fight, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think he is going to try to be exciting. I think he is going to try to be an emphatic. But I do see it going the longer rounds. I'm not too sure about outpointing him, but I do think the finish will always be on his mind. And the next step for Connor, if he wins, God knows, I would say... I nearly don't want to even give the any thought to Tyrone Woodley getting a money fight at this stage. So we'll forget about that. Um, but 145 is unlikely. So I would say a 155 title shot is next for Connor if he lo- if he wins. And if he loses, I would say a 145 title shot. Um, I don't buy the Dana White. Connor is definitely fighting at that next. To me, that seemed like the, 
the comments that were maybe used of the past from Dana White that he says in the media, maybe being annoyed at someone or, no, no, this is definitely happening, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Nate, I'm not too sure. I think his brand has risen to a great stage. If he wins, then my God, that will be the, like, he, he said himself, the UFC want him to lose because otherwise he's taken over. And if he does win, I think he's justified in giving him a shot against Alvarez, to be honest. Yeah. He's done the company two solids here. Do you know what I mean? Fuck the pecking order. Give that man a title shot. Yeah, what about um what about if Nate? I don't it's gonna be a lose. draw anyway, by the way. Nate's I'm just Oh yeah, you said there, that, yeah. I heard that, yeah. What about if Nate uh I, I don't know how this happens, but um Nate versus Wonderboy. What about that? Would you watch that, Sean? I'd watch the shit out of that. Would you be sad? What? That Diaz lost? Because I'm a big fan of Diaz. Yeah, I would. I would be very sad. No, I mean, Diaz. sad to see him fight Wonderboy. No, why? Because you're talking about head kicks. You're talking about Diaz being susceptible to them. Wonderboy yeah. would question mark kick the <laughs> fuck out of Nate Diaz. Like. It'd be a good fight, though. I, I like that fight. I would enjoy I, it. I, I would mean, watch. Would watch. watch. Predictions on the pay-per-view numbers for 202 from Brian McLaughlin. What do you think? Um, big, big business. Yeah, but beats two hundred two, beats two hundred. I said directly after it, I thought it'd be the biggest pay per view of all time, but I, I don't know. The, the ticket sales and stuff have kind of maybe quelled that a little bit for me, but maybe it could pick up. Maybe something happens. Maybe they they push each other to wins and they get an extra, you know, five hundred thousand views. Uh, uh, buys but at this stage, I got to say around one point three million, but. I'll let me ch- let me change that before before Saturday if something else happens and I'll tweet it out. You're being conservative. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I think it will be the biggest pay per view of, of all time. Nice. There you go. Um, how far can Cerrone go at welterweight? From Aaron Moore, I think he might struggle with the elite at one seventy. Well, he struggled with the elite at one fifty five, so he's definitely going to struggle with the elite at one seventy. Yeah, look at welterweight. Tyron Woodley, I don't think he'd beat him. Robbie Lawler, I don't think he'd beat him. Thompson, one by Thompson, not a hope. Wouldn't beat Rory. Wouldn't beat Damian Maya. Wouldn't beat Condit. Wouldn't Gaslam, possibly. Magny wouldn't beat Magny. So, but maybe top eight, top ten. He Rick Story's number nine, and I'm picking Rick Story to beat him. So yeah, maybe. He's Gunnar Nelson is number 11. Will he beat Gunnar Nelson? Don't think so. Matt Brown. He might beat Matt Brown. Okay, 12th. I'm going to go to 12th. He's 14th at the moment. Pretty oh, well, there you go. He's about where he is. There you go. Pizzi's dealer wants to know, what do you think about the likes of Norman Park, John Phillips and Dylan Took signing on for multiple fights in advance? Is it too risky? What do you think? That's yours. I think it is risky because Norman Park is fighting Decky Dalton on the 20-something of October in Drogheda. And he's also fighting at ACB on the 1st of October. Do you know? So, first of all, Norman, you're like, I don't even know if that will clear a 28-day medical rule, to be honest, now that I think of it. But he is, um, do you know, you can't, I suppose his end goal is to get back to the UFC, but you're kind of screwing over another fighter if something happens to you in the fight. Do you know? you just, fair enough for a quick turnaround. Do you know what I mean? But, there's no difference. It's still the same amount of time between the fights. Do you know what I mean? So why not just get a short notice fight after your fight if you know you're going to be fit enough to fight four weeks later? Do you know? That's my my take on it. I yeah, like, I think if if it goes well, it's grand. But if it doesn't go well, obviously you said they're... Um, what if you drop a loss and you get demotivated and you're like, I actually don't want to do this next fight? Do you know? And then a guy's just been training for six months and then you're not going to fight him. 
or else you end up picking two losses up in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Like... MMA is one of those things that's one of those games that that is something like that can happen. You know, you, you could be better than those two guys and you could end up losing, you know, two fights in a row very quickly. But yeah, MMA is weird. I'd, I'd probably agree with the our pizza's dealer there saying that you shouldn't. He should probably just go one in a row. One in a row. Wally Frogmore says, is it shite that Garbrandt isn't on the main card? Yes. Uh, he, yeah, a little bit. That's Tim the means Conor against McGregor Sabah. effect. He remembers the ultimate fighter. Cody, you can be on my card, but you're not being where everybody will see you. There you go. Not really. Uh, Nate Gil... Oh, Gildee. Am I right this time? Yeah, I think you are. Nate it. Gildee. Should wins or lose losses count on your record for the ultimate fighter? And if so, why don't they? Sean Sheehan, question for the pod. I know you know the answer. Hit up, hit him. Uh, that was weird. Oh, it's an, ex- it's an exhibition fight. It's an art exhibition fight, but I was looking at if you go into Artem Lobov there, right? On uh on Sherdog. I'm on right? it. Click it. Look at his record. Yeah, it's eleven and twelve. Oh, it's gone. What was changed? That's weird. When I was looking at his record the other day, his uh, oh, they're oh, they're down now at the bottom under pro exhibitions. Maybe they just edited Fire that. Fire history pro exhibition. Yeah, yeah, they were on his record earlier on the week, but they've obviously uh, changed it and fixed it. Maybe it was the mobile version or something. So, but yeah, um, the yeah those fights aren't counted because obviously, as you said, they're they're um they're you know in in fucking. Not amateur, but what's the word I'm looking for? Exhibition. Exhibition, yeah. There you go. Exhibition fights in uh, in the tough house. Boom. Gavin Springett wants to know, how do you think the start time of 2.04 will affect ticket sales, which was officially announced today? Bisbing versus Henderson, 8th of October, with a US time slot in the Manchester Arena. Is it? Is it in the Manchester Arena, it is? I think so. That's, I, I'm that's a big the fucking NBA. venue, you see. Um, I think they can actually make it smaller though. So there's there's a couple of different uh, ways of of having it. I think it'll be alright. I think it'll I think it'll sell pretty well when they when they know there's um when they know there's a title fight and stuff on the on the line. I think it's a pretty good card. So yeah, I think I think it'll be okay. I don't think it'll affect it too much to be honest. Not that I ever take shots at UK MMA, Sean. But if 30,000 Swedes will stay up till 5 in the morning to watch Gustafsson fight Johnson and 18,000 Brits won't stay up to watch Bisbing fight Henderson, well, then that's something that we'll talk about the week after the podcast. I promise you I'll be bringing yeah, that back you're, up. But yeah, you're a complaining bastard like if you don't chop to that card in fairness. Mike, it's a, yeah. Oh, it's only 2 o'clock. Oh, God help us. So Just what? So what? You're up at that time anyway watching the fights at home. Yeah. You know, who cares? Fuck off. Mike Whitaker says, what do you think of Tyrone Woodley <laughs> thinking he'll be a Hall of Famer in a fight or two? Because that's why I just said fuck off there because I was reading that question and I just answered it at the end. I don't mean if you're complaining about UFC, fuck off. But it kind of... Com- I know I said it that way, but I, I only said fuck off because I read Mike Whitaker's question. So what do you think of Tyrone whatever? Oh, is he taking the piss out of me? <laughs> what do you think of Woodley thinking he'll be a Hall of Famer in a fight or two? Did you call him Tyrone again? That's that. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, and that's not going to happen, no. He's going to get bet by Wonderboy. Now let that be an into it. John Sheehan from Sport Trade Designs would like to know what is your ideal munch or booze combos for UFC 202? 
He oh. says nachos from Rock and Joe's and whiskey for him. Whiskey, Jesus, that man's a, it's a hard man. Uh, for me, I'm I'm a kind of a order of order of Philly steak sandwich at about eight o'clock. I leave it there for about five hours until it's got gone cold and soggy, and eat that with a bottle of WKD. That's my kind of that's my kind of. Fl- now, do you know what I like? Actually, um, I I was can't remember. Not cashew nuts. But what are the other ones called? Almonds. I know. The ones you have to break open in the, in the little shell. Uh, yeah, just peanuts. No. Um, uh, people are probably roaring at us now. Uh, nah. I'll tell you what mine is while you're looking for it. Go this on. Saturday, I will be eating crisps and drinking free cans of Coke in the UFC media room. But generally, I don't know, we get something to eat. At the event anyway They usually have nice Chinese Or nice food In the media room At yeah. some stage um, It's generally a good spread But I'm looking forward to uh, Finally getting a Buffalo Wild Wings This week in Las Vegas Oh you bastard I've oh, never why had Why Ireland have places like that? I don't know um, There probably is in Dublin though Is there? So you can get lovely If you want We can get the best wings in Dublin On the day of Bama If you're that much of a chicken wing fan In, in uh, the Gibson is it? No word. It's in Elephant and Castle. But we can see if they do takeaway and we'll eat them in the Gibson while we're doing our okay. podcast there. I like that. We'll be watching but the that. Gibson, but the Gibson actually have really nice chicken wings as well. They so do, yeah. I remember, treat. I think Graham got them the last time or something, did he? Mm. Or someone I got, got them. My funniest story, side quick story. Norman Park, about to start cutting weight, walks down into the lobby, sees Pete's eating a cheeseburger and me eating chicken wings and decides to come over and sit with us. Probably just so he could be near food. Yeah. Poor fella. And that must be I was tough. like, sorry, Norman, that we're eating here. And he's like, don't worry, mate. I'd do it if you were cutting weight. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, thanks very much. Um, Fair blue. I, can't, I still can't find the name of them nuts. Uh, there you go. Oh, fuck, what are they called? That doesn't matter. Peter Queeley just tweeted he expects to announce his next fight shortly. Can we expect it to be in the UFC? Phil, you cannot expect it to be in the UFC because I just got a text from the other side of the Peter Queeley fight saying yeah, that better agreement's done. So it's going to be announced in the next day or two, I would imagine. Pistachio. Um, pistachio. Pistachio. There you go. Lovely. There you go. Uh, if Connor wins, does he defend or fight Alvarez straight away? If Nate wins, does he get a lightweight shot at Madison? We've just uh, have we not answered we those did. two questions we did. Yeah. Alvarez. And how, and how does uh, Sheehan's Wonderboy beat the winner of Woodley and GSP? Uh, oh wait no Forget that Andrew Pearson Do you just listen to the podcast And ask questions You know that we've answered before Because his <laughs> following question was Luke Thomas said The UK needs an MMA star Like McGregor Anyone on the regional scene Fit that bill Don't know if you've been Living under a podcast rock But Paddy Pimlet's Probably been mentioned The most out of any mm. UK fighter In podcast history here He is the next star And he is the sort of guy That can bring this sport In the UK Into the mainstream But we will see How that goes Um <clears throat> Shane Whelan wants to know, Sean, possible stupid question, but the only stupid questions are the one you don't ask, Shane. Exactly. Will the amount of empty seats rattle or bother McGregor? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. Stupid question, he was right. <laughs> 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 John Harker wants to know, did we need fans today? It's a roaster in Mullingar. And what improvements do you think new training partners will bring Connor and Artem? Uh yeah, it was it's warm. Uh, new training partners. I I don't know. Yeah, it'll probably I'll obviously help. Obviously, you know, the, the whole preparation and and thing. 
we're kind of not experts on it. And I don't think anyone is expert on it apart from the people who are actually doing it. So, you know, it'll probably, you know, think logically it'll probably help. You know, you're going in against someone, you know, who's similar to them and stuff. But how much does it help? I don't know. I think you have to have the skills yourself and you have to be able to actually do them. I think unless you can develop a skill set and develop a game plan that's good enough to beat them, I think you could have, if you don't have that, you can spar as many people as you want with the same body type as them. And you, you're never going to beat them. But so I think it's your own game plan and stuff. And if you have that game plan, obviously, and you do that against people their size, that's obviously going to help you an awful lot. So yeah, it can help you in that fashion. He also said, "Are you expecting to see Dylan Dennis to become a permanent member of Connor's training team?" I will take this one. Absolutely not. Dylan's a full-time jiu-jitsu competitor. He uh, probably he still has a lot of his own goals that he wants to achieve. He's I don't think he would ever leave Marcelo Garcia in New York but I wouldn't be surprised to see him brought in for the majority of Connor's fights from here on out as he has been for this this particular fight um, Graham was hobnobbing with him yesterday did you see that he was what oh just hobnobbing next to him yeah, yeah. I saw Fuck's that alright yeah. where do you stand on fighters picking and choosing their opponents Eric Campbell personally hates it oh, I, just, I don't know I don't care I don't yeah I don't know <laughs> <laughs> like, there you go. Okay, no, yeah. that's fair enough, Sean. You're 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 ready for a working week here. I, I just want to see good off. fights. I just want to yeah. see good fights. I don't care. Like if if you know if Tyron Woodley chooses to fight Wonderboy, I think that's good. But if he chooses to fight Nick Diaz, I think that's stupid. You know. So there you go. There you Depends. Go. Steve Berger with the final question of the week, Sean, and maybe anonymous one. Who knows? He says once Nate takes care of Connor, is it fair <laughs> enough to say? That Nate Diaz gets his shot against Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, if Nate, if Nate Diaz wins this fight, you have to give him a title shot, I think. So there to. we go. Sean, that's it. Mm-hmm. An hour and 52 minutes in the bag. Boom. UFC 202 this weekend. I'm excited. Heading Me off too. to Las Vegas tomorrow. Andrew McGahan underscore on Twitter. Sean is at Sean Sheehan BA. Follow all things Severe MMA on all social medias. We are going to have a shitload, you could say, Sean. A shitload of content coming this week from mm-hmm. over in Las Vegas. Here, especially this week as well. Give an old retweet of the podcast. Share it on Facebook. Subscribe as well. There's Tell probably a lot of new listeners about it. Subscribe. Tell everyone. Tag us in it. We'll retweet you. Test, put up a picture of where you're listening to it. Put up a video of where you're listening to it. We'll, we'll give it a retweet. Spread Tag the word. Tag us on Facebook. One of us will reply a funny comment underneath so your mates will think, fuck them two boys that are on that podcast are mates with my mate. Yeah, they exactly. must be pretty cool guys. Exactly. And then we'll be like, no hassle boys, we'll sort that out for you. So you, can become, you, you can become the Shane Heffernan and Dan Stritch. Oh, of I'll the severe, yeah, and you won't, exactly. and then your, and then your other mate Paul Fogarty gives off about not being mentioned on the podcast enough. Exactly, there you go. We want to build these sort of relationships. You know, I was Sean to finish off the podcast with a little bit of bullshit. I was meant to meet Shane Heffernan last Wednesday. Oh night. yeah, I, I forgot about that actually. Yeah, what happened? There? I so I told you up to coppers for the staff night out. Um, it was just to set a bit of a backstory to it, okay? Because it's not just going up to coppers. My girlfriend had a repeat exam. She had stayed up the whole night before to study. By yeah. the time we got uh, food then in Dublin later on that night, we got into the Airbnb, all of that sort of stuff. We went for food, she came back. I just want to lie down for like 20 minutes before I get ready to go out. Both of us woke up half two in the morning. 
and I was Snapchatting Hefo all night. I was like, I'll be out later on. You better be going on the pints. And he was like, I actually am going out. I'll be in Dicey's and in, and in Coppers. So I'll give you a shout later on. I was heartbroken. I'd say sleeping now. I'd say you were sleeping all right. Yeah, I'd say you are. <laughs> Follow us. At Sean Sheen Ba, at Andrew McGann underscore, at Severe May, at Severe May Pod, Facebook.com forward slash Severe May, Facebook.com forward slash Sean Sheehan MMA. And until then, we will see you next Tuesday.